The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 294. I am Trey with Ghost Tactical. I will be your captain during this flight tonight. We uh, we will probably, honestly, we'll probably experience some turbulence tonight, but we're going to get through this together. And you know what? If we go down, we're all going to go down in a blaze of glory. So we might as well just sit back. I have taken a seatbelt sign off. Feel free to browse amongst the cabin. Feel free, please annoy everyone else in the cabin. Let's have fun tonight. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this live on YouTube. If you're out there in the live chat, please say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. If you want to text into the chat, utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That phone number is five three zero three six four four six seven eight. Go check out AegisGunCare.com. If you're a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness and you're looking for that light, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you any medical advice, but I could be a pretty damn good ear and maybe at least maybe help you talk you through some stuff. More importantly, just listen. But if you are looking for someone that can get you towards some medical attention, remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans, press the number one. We are spotlighting, as always, the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, see the website, marines.com. And as always, I guess I can put this banner up here while we do this one. As always, we are a proud member of the Rapid Fire Radio Network and the Self-Defense Radio Network. Go check out all your favorite pro-gun, pro-two-way podcasts over at rapidfireradio.us and selfdefenseradio.net. If you're out there and you're looking for some really good deals, uh, go check out uh, Kate Gunworks. And they, they, good people are always good people. More importantly, they have uh, some really, really good deals over there. So go check out them and uh, check out everyone over at Rapid Fire Radio Network. Faux show. Let me take this off of my ugly mug. Uh, what was what was that? Uh, well, I'm not going to say that. So, yeah. Uh, bring in my flight crew for the night. Um, co-piloting this. Um well, I'll get to I'll get to this, the him and list. my first flight attendant, my head flight attendant tonight from uh, Anderson Manufacturing from Hebron, Kentucky. We got Kyle. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Well, on. I need I need I need a cup of coffee. Can you take care of that for me? I need I a cup was. Of, yeah. I got how, my about, coke here. how about a Sprite? A Sprite Zero. Actually, if you guys. This is actually better than normal Sprite, so uh, go figure. But yeah, how you doing, buddy? Everything good? Oh, everything is great. Just happy to be here. 
Thanks again. Glad to have you. Yeah, you guys uh, just released a few days ago the new Cerakote of the Month. This month, it's Sandstorm. And if you are nostalgic like I am, as soon as you sent me that text, I was like, that's insane. Uh, you want to explain this month, Cerakote of the Month? Yeah, so basically this Cerakote of the Month, if you're familiar with Desert Storm era uh, camis for U.S. Army, Marine Corps, and pretty much branch all the branches, um, you're going to love the Sandstorm. You get the uh, complete receiver set, the uh, ejection port cover, trigger guard, and the 15-inch uh, handguard. And it's uh, AM-15, by the way. I forgot to throw that it's, so. it's, It is sweet. It is sweet. You know, you got to love the old chocolate chip, man. You, you, I mean, there's just something about it that's just... It's it's honestly my second favorite behind the Woodland. And I know a lot of people, like the young guys... Did you guys have Woodlands, or are you already with the Marpat Digi? I was already Marpat. No, okay. Era. So you all never had the, any of the Woodland. I'm telling you, man, the Woodland stuff, I love it. I, I, maybe I just, because that's what we wore, I hold a very special place in my heart for the Woodland design, and I love it. Um, Marpat's pretty sweet, but that Woodland, man, I'll always go down with Woodland for sure. Oh, yeah, Woodland's great. Yeah. Um, our drink server uh, flight attendant tonight from Arizona. So, guys, if you're out there and you need drink service, uh, it starts now, and John, the Solus Ginger Bastard, will be handling the drink service tonight. Uh, yeah, we've got a few options here today. Uh, we've got a good uh, slew of bourbons and other things, so just make sure that you uh, hit that call button, and we'll be happy to help you out with that today. Fantastic. Thanks for thanks for taking care of our, our, our wonderful guests on this flight tonight. Uh, and our co-pilot shotgun rider whatever you want to i know i would love to see a co-pilot roll into the plane with a freaking shotgun or so that'd be fantastic wouldn't it uh but our co-pilot this tonight is from the great state of texas we're going to call him lieutenant dan clover tack what's up roger roger what's the vector right. victor that's right that's right roger that milly vanilli chili willy tired of these mother freaking snakes on this mother freaking plane <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, you got a shotgun the week for us, brother? I got a little shotgun knowledge. Will that work? Well, sure. Did you know that once upon a time, the H&K name was on the Super Black Eagle? What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll bite. Um, no, at one time, HMK imported the Super Black Eagle for. Brown. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Now you know, and if you run across one at a pot shop or a gun shop or somewhere, you might want to buy it. I saying, bet you that saying. might be worth one or two dollars. I don't know how many people. Um, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of well, especially old timers and, and, and fuds that are really into shotguns. Um, they prefer the H and K imported Super Black Eagles over the new ones. They say was they, shoot, they say they shoot better. They're made or what? Yeah, they said that the recoil impulse is better. Uh, uh -huh. They they point better. They just shoot better. Um, but you hear that of a lot of firearms, right? The older ones are better. We all know that. They don't yeah. they don't make them like they used to, right? Except for Anderson. Except for Anderson, they don't make them That's like right. they used to. That's right. Um. The interesting thing, you know, and this goes across anything really, but we, we, I've talked about this before, and, and it makes sense. You know, I was, I was watching something, and they were talking about cars, right? And let's say it's 
a new model, an updated model. Okay, so like the Mustang, right? And they change body styles every, you know, five, ten years or so. So let me ask you guys a question. This has nothing to do with anything. It's just that brought it up. Would you rather have the last model of the previous one or the first model of the new gen? You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's like, um, let's just say an RX-7 and an RX-5, would you rather have the last RX-5 or the first RX-7? Kyle, what yeah, and to me, they, they figured out all the bugs by that last one. And, yeah, it's kind of cool to have that first model, the new one, but now there's a whole new slew of bugs they're going to have to figure out. That's just my opinion. I don't know. As, don't someone, know, just, that, as someone that technically has the Forte GT before it was a Forte GT, right? Like, uh, there's something to be said about having the first as well. <laughs> No, I'm just saying. I just lower, it's gonna have the lower the lower number, right? The lower production number. You know, later on, depends on what kind of vehicle it is. But if it's something that's gonna, you know, build any kind of a, a collectible value or anything like that, it was taken care of. You know, I think the the lower production number vehicle would be probably more sought after. But it's gonna depend all all, all <laughs> things all things created equal. You know. Well, all things created equal, too, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, appreciate you, Guy. Guy out there, nine ninety nine super sticker. Yeah, I love Apple. They take a cent from everything, you know? That's why I go Android. They're not cheating me out of a penny every time I do something. It's the, it's the, worms, it's the worms and the Apple that, that end up getting that penny for whatever. Yeah, because the worm, that little hole in the apple is worth a penny, apparently. But yeah, uh, yeah, it is what it is. But no, thank you so much, Guy. You guys know that we don't ask, nor do we encourage super chats or stickers, but they all go to sending care packages downrange to our, our guys over there and gals. So uh, thanks for that. Uh, let's run through our, our flight manifest real quick, if you will, and and say hello. G-Web's out there. He said second thumbs up. Have a good show. Buck's out there. Uh, TJ's out there. I think TJ's got a link if you ever, you know, he hadn't joined in months. I don't know why, but maybe he doesn't like us anymore. But he's out there. Defense Dad says range days, guns are scary. Yeah, they are. Liberty Seeker, that's a new one. I don't, maybe, maybe you've been around before. Um, I don't remember that name, but welcome to the dark side. We do not promise to make you any smarter. Only God, we, we only tried not to make you any dumber. Can't promise. But he says, What's up from Long Island? So, what's up, Long Island? Uh, TJ says, when did the dream service start? Ginger is walking up and down the aisles right now with his mini skirt on. Don't judge. He's serving drinks. Uh, like I said, guys out there, Chris with the 740 is um, helping out the, the family doing some stuff, but he's out there listening. That's dedication. That is dedication. He's with the family. Almost as dedicated as Kyle was at a wedding reception and probably got in trouble for that, but uh, we appreciate it very much. Uh, guy says Navy apparently has the digital camp day. My day was still dungarees. Um, uh, dungarees. Wow, they, they, well, they were dungarees when I was in, but um, I don't. I, I don't know. The Navy probably has a digity now. I mean, they've got a digi pattern, I'm sure. Probably the blue and black one. Is that is that the Navy's new camo pattern? Yes, it is. I'm not gonna lie, it's not. It's not ugly. It's really not. It's not ugly. Yeah, no, it's perfect for the sea. It is. It's perfect for the semen. Sure is. Yep, absolutely. Fucking squids. Uh, <laughs> Screaming Skull Slew's out there. What's up? Daniel God is my judge is out there. 
Um, let's see here. Daniel says they don't make men like they used to. That's very true. Um, like getting the last SIG versus the first new SIG. That Exactly. Like, I'd rather have the last model versus the new. I don't know, man. Let them work out the kinks, you know? Let them work out the kinks. Uh, let's see here. And 223DMR is out there. What's up, homie? I have a question. Maybe somebody can answer it. I put a C4 transmission in my 88 Lincoln Town car. It has an AOD in it right now. Oh, can I put a C4 transmission in my Lincoln Uh, You know, Clover's a Ford guy. He was uh, used to be a, a, a mechanic for Ford, I believe. Uh, Lincoln's part of the Ford family. Can he put a C4 transmission in his 88 Lincoln Town car? That's a tough question. I mean, the short answer is going to be no. Um, it's going to require it might, be, it might be a workaround or something. Ooh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. In order to get, uh, you're going to have to go with a later model C4, and then when you do that, there's some electronic stuff that uh, the 88 uh, body control module and other things is not going to be able to handle. So you're looking at some swapping some things out. I mean, short answer of can it be done? Yes. Um, short answer: it Can it, it be done? Can it be done easily? No. Well, cheaply. <laughs> yeah, you could do pretty much anything. I mean, I I I tell the story all the time about the the buddy I had that had the uh, whatever the Back to the Future Toyota four x four was. You know what I mean? Remember that black? was that was the the Tundra before that when it was used to be the same size as like the Tacoma, I think. Yeah, I don't well, know. It was, it was, a, it was just a Toyota was pickup size, back then. Yeah, it was yeah. basically the size of the Tacoma these days. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. anyway, uh, he dropped a 350 and all off in that. That required yeah. stopping fender wells and a bunch of adapter kits and a lot of crazy stuff. So you can do anything. Wow. But yeah, it's not going to be yeah. done easily. Yeah. Now, a guy out there says, uh, just got the new. Taurus GX4 seems good. Put 100 rounds of American Gunner 115 grain through it. No issue so far. Don't drop uh, it. I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you are aware. Um, there has been, under certain batch numbers and serial numbers, there has been a, 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 a voluntary recall. Um, that could be some issues on drop tests. Just saying, don't drop it. Uh, you might want to contact Taurus and find out what serial number ranges um and they'll take care of it okay he says no his is not on the recall list perfect just wanted i didn't know if you were aware we wanted to make that public service announcement so we're good to go all right uh you guys know that every thursday sunday or thursday saturday and monday we have our pony polls over on our youtube community tab uh let's go check out the pony polls from this week the first one was last thursday it's got 1.5 thousand votes in general this is kind of a, a piggyback off of last week's um show in general what are your favorite kinds of optics or sights um kyle you've got iron sights a red dot an lpvo a scope or prism in general what's your favorite kind I'm iron sights. Just start from the ground up yep. with any weapon system. So, yep, I understand that. Uh, Ginger, in general, uh, I'm gonna say either prism or red dot. They kind of 
vice versa for me because they're kind of the same but kind of not you know what i'm saying yeah yeah sure now, do you have an astigmatism? I don't remember if you had one. I think that was Chris that had one, wasn't it? Chris has one. I, I kind of get the starburst, but not. That okay. Had, now, does the so prison kinda, does the prison help you with that? Yes, prison helps okay. really good well with that. Good. good. All right. Um, Roger, do you uh, do you have a favorite in general? I am Iron Sight Man. I I am an iron sight guy too. Um, you know, I've got all of these, and I love all of these different kinds. But if I if I really had a choice, I'd still go irons. Um, yeah. In general, I that was the question, right? Like in, in general, general, in general, yeah, absolutely. Not for specific uses and all that, obviously. In general, um, in a couple of weeks, there's going to be a video dropping on the channel. I'm not going to talk about it, but I will say that this particular weapon system. Um, has irons on it, and it was so nice to get back to shooting some irons again on an AR. So it was great to do that. Well, you've but been known to shoot with no sights. Let's be honest. I have been, you know. And here's the thing with the Anderson uh, AM10. I did a, I did it out of straight out of the box, and I had uh, 18 by 24 inch steel. There's a video on the channel. Go check it out. And yes, I ended up walking it in and hitting steel at 100 yards with nothing just the flat rail no flip ups no dot no nothing just straight up having to walk it i was, I was aiming at what i thought was at the ground is going to see like where like where i see impact in the dirt or something to see and i finally you will you'll see go check that video out not now but, but later jason ewing's out there what's up howdy 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 uh let's see here 50 percent of the 1.5 thousand votes that comes out to basically 750 votes in my marine corps crayon math is that right kyle you do the same math i do 750 is half of 1.5 thousand all right that's correct all right uh say red dot 50 percent say red dot 22 percent uh say iron sights 13 percent say lpvo 12% say scope and four people agree with ginger and say prism. So, um, you know, I think ginger's used to being part of the 4%, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, our second question, 1.3 thousand votes. This came out Saturday of these, of these, if you had to pick one, which would be your favorite singer to listen to? I kind of went a really diverse, part i love all four of these uh artists but billy joel john lennon bob marley or stevie wonder uh ginger of those four which one would you rather just chill to or whatever if i'm chilling it's bob marley if i want to rock out a little bit i guess it's billy joel fair fair very fair um clove I'm going with the piano man, baby. Piano man. Absolutely. Kyle. Now, before I, I should have asked Ginger, before, I, I need to preface this, Ginger, and say these are all solo artists from like the 70s and 80s and all of that. So I didn't know if you were aware of any of these. I, I think you might have just been guessing. I don't know. You know, I, I threw an educated guess out there. I was hoping I was right, but. 
you know, you were, I, hey, you know, Ginger, I, I'm not you with yours. Ginger probably thinks Bob Marley did Don't Worry, Be Happy. Just saying. No, or he was in that movie good. Marley and Me, you know. True. <laughs> sad movie. Great movie, but it's a sad movie. I don't like dogs. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of dogs getting hurt or dying. Uh, oh, well. Kyle, what about you? Of those four, do you have one that you like to chill to or just listen to in general? Bob Marley. What I'm talking about. With Ginger. Yeah, uh, they're all. They're all. Um, they're all on my playlist. There's no doubt about it. Of these, definitely I, my favorite. Uh, Bob Marley I used to go to Bob Marley Fest every year and and uh, had a great time with that. Um, completely silver, I promise. I, I yeah. I, <laughs> wow, that didn't take you long. What the hell? <laughs> Uh, you don't you don't go to a Bob Marley concert and stay sober the entire time. The contact alone. <laughs> the contact high alone would get you. That's true. That's yes. true. Um one point three thousand votes. Forty percent are correct that say Bob Marley. Uh thirty percent I would also take Billy Joel. I'd take all of them actually. Uh 15% say Stevie Wonder and 14% Jay say John Lennon. Um, I tell you, there's a, there's a concert that I, I, I had an opportunity. I was, I was going to be gone, but I could have made it back if I wanted to, uh, this is about 20 years ago and I regret it now, but uh, I had a chance to go to the Billy Joel Elton John concert. And I know a lot of people might crap on that. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Billy Joel and Elton John. I think that might have well could have been one of the greatest concerts ever because, um, they did a lot of stuff together and individually, um, I've loved that Billy Joel. Yeah, if you guys don't know Billy Joel, go. if you don't know any four of these, you're welcome. Go go introduce yourself to him. Faux show. Our last poll, uh, man, I tell you what, this got heated. Um, got heated in some comments. Uh, of these, one point five thousand votes. Of these, what's the best American food? Hash uh, parentheses. Not all of them are sandwiches. A BLT, a cheeseburger, a hot dog, or a Philly cheesesteak. Uh, let's start with Clover on this one. And, you know, part of me wants to say the cheesesteak because the Philly cheesesteak at Tulsa is off the chain, right? Absolutely. But as uh, far as variety available, what you can do with it, um, yep. cheeseburger. Yep, I get it. You know, there's there's something to be said about a fresh cheeseburger, not like not a, a fast. I mean, I like I like some fast food cheeseburgers, but like a, a burger establishment, there's something to be said about that. How no about doubt. a how about a Philly cheesesteak cheeseburger? Oh my god, I just might have broke the matrix. Right, right. I, I think some. I think something like that exists. I Is think that fine? might need to be brought into a Yeah, I think that needs to be brought up to our homeboy uh, in Tulsa this year and say, "Hey, man, you want to break the matrix?" If you've never been to Wanamaker, they have it every year, twice a year in, in April and in November in Tulsa. It's the world's largest gun show. Eleven acres under one roof, over four thousand tables. It is incredible. So but so they also have, in my opinion, the greatest Philly cheesesteak. So ever. here's the plan. Okay. Follow me on this, right? 
Sure. Day, day one, we get the Philly cheesesteak, right? OG, go with it. Day two, we have somebody make a water burger run. Then we get a Philly cheesesteak. Scrape that off the bun onto the water burger in lieu of the toppings on the water burger, like the, the lettuce and tomato and the pickle and stuff. Instead of that, we put the meat and the cheese and the onions and the peppers from the Philly cheesesteak from Tulsa on the like the water burger. That would be that would be as awesome, I think, as the frosty and crispy cream. So Kyle and Ginger don't know this. A couple of years ago, we 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 experimented with a Krispy Kreme donut dipped in a Wendy's chocolate frosty. Oh. And it was a little bit of heaven. Little bit of heaven. And, and and a whole lot of diabetes. And a whole lot of diabetes. Um, but that was amazing. But you know what? I would even be willing to pay the extra money to DoorDash. And have them deliver that Whataburger to Wanamaker to make that happen. I think we need to make that happen, Clover. I think you just came up with something that could be amazing. I'm 100% serious and down. Yeah. Now, Chris says, I volunteer to make that run in Tulsa. That sounds amazing. We'll get a DoorDash, man. We'll just put together a large-ass order of Whataburger and have them, have them deliver it. And, uh, yeah. Now, G-Webs might have a point. It is Oklahoma. And he says you can't combine sandwiches like that in Oklahoma legally. That that could be possible. Uh, he might be right about that. We'll have to talk with Snob about that. He might he might know Snob the legality. Can probably that. Snob can probably get us some permits. You think? Yeah, you think he might be able to pull some strings for us? So. Nice. So. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Marcus out there says, "What up? Bidding on World War II stuff on Gun Broker and lost track of time." Um, there's a sick joke in there. I'll, I'll just disregard it, but, uh, yeah. Um, Kyle BL. Oh, Kyle might be gone. Uh, he might be on a break. Uh, no, bring, I'm here. okay. Okay. Your, your picture went away. So I didn't know. Uh, let's see here. BLT cheeseburger, hot dog, or Philly. Definitely cheeseburger. I gotta go with Clover on this one. Now let's, let's talk fast foods. Fast foods. What's your favorite fast food cheeseburger? Like a fast food chain like everyone might know. Burger King. The Whopper ain't bad, I'm not gonna lie. Wow, you yeah. don't hear you don't hear that very often. I, I, I enjoy a Whopper. I enjoy a Whopper yeah. much more than I do uh McDonald's. I told you um, I even like the impossible Whopper. Like it's yeah, not bad. Yep. Yeah. So um have you ever had a Whataburger, Kyle? I have not. Okay. Oh, we got to make that happen somehow. How do we make that well, happen? I'll, 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 you know, at shot next year, we can always bring him one to his booth. You know what I'm saying? Like we can go stop by a Whataburger on the way or something and bring it to his booth and let you enjoy um, a Whataburger because they've got a Whataburger in Vegas. That's true. Or could you I get want, his butt over to Tulsa? I or he could just get, stop in Vegas. I did. Or he can just bring Anderson and, and come to Tulsa with us and hang out. EAA is going to be there this November. You guys might want to think about getting a, a couple tables and selling some stuff there. Just saying. We'll talk off air. For sure. Um, Ginger, um, he's going he's gonna to say, like, you know, something weird, like kale salad or something. No, not kale salad. Here, Here's my take on this. It, when it's a good Philly cheesesteak, it's a good Philly cheesesteak. When it's a bad Philly cheesesteak, it's really bad. So Philly cheesesteak yep. is 
it's on the list, top of tier, but it's got to yep. be a good Philly cheesesteak. If it's not like Cheese Whiz or yeah, really no. good cheese, it's not a good Philly. Now, I, I burgers, agree. Burgers, you can have a good burger. I haven't had a really bad burger in a while, but it's good burgers. I've never had in my life a bad hot dog. You know, and I've had a oh, lot of boy, good I hot dogs. I have uh, I have been I, I've had a couple of hot dogs in my life that um, will make me question whether I was alive or not. Um, I would just say gas stations come to mind. Just saying, uh, gas station hot dogs are not top of like, and I don't know if Colin probably hasn't had this, but there's there's a chain of gas stations in Ohio and Western Pennsylvania called Sheets. Sheets makes a good hot dog. Oh yeah, but, Sheets are the best. Yeah, so. There's places, gas station, you can get good hot dogs. So it's between a burger and a hot dog. So it, it's a it's a toss up between those two because I've there's a lot of good hot dog places out here, and I've had a lot of good hot dog places, and there's been some really good burger places too. And the best yeah. thing about Phoenix is we have In and Out and Whataburger and Jack in the Box, and all of them make a good. I tell you what, I tell you what, Jack in the Crack is I think is one of the it's a top five. Um, fast food joint for this reason only. I took my daughter to one in Houston. We were down there for a, a football game, uh, probably, you know, geez, 10 years ago. And there was a jack in the box that was in the parking lot of the hotel. So we went over there like at midnight or whatever, open 24 hours. She had never been to a jack in the box. <laughs> and um, she was amazed that you could order. A, an egg roll, a taco, a hot dog, some chicken fingers, like chicken, like chicken, uh, chicken fried steak fingers, and a cheeseburger, all from the same menu. And I was like, "That's the beauty of Jack and the Crack. None of it's great, but it's all so good. It's so good, so good." Um, yeah, I love Jack and the Crack, man. Love it. Um, and I don't disagree with you. I do disagree about the hot dog because I've had I've had more bad hot dogs than I ever have burgers or, or cheesesteaks. Just that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm you know uh, I, I I like a good hot dog, but uh, I've had some I've had more bad hot dogs than I have burgers and, and cheesesteaks. I will agree that the cheesesteak can go either way. It could be amazing or it could be terrible. Um, but I luckily have, have really never had a, well, I think I've had one or two in my life of cheesesteaks. That's said, that that's just not very good. Um, most of the time, man, man, they're pretty good. Pretty darn good. I don't know that I've ever, ever had a burger that was completely inedible. I have only and and, and I'm going to preface this by saying it was at a cookout and when you get when you're at a cookout and you're not doing the cooking you, you're up you're taking the chances of whoever's on the grill not burning the hell out of and making them like the hard hockey pucks um, those are the only times that I've ever had uh, a bad burger it's just when they've just they're, they're just burnt um, and that's really the only ones but from like a, an establishment whether it's fast food or not, no, I, I can't remember having like a bad, like even a, a a a below standards or below awesome burger is still not bad. Yeah, it's right? like it's not gourmet, right? It's like I right. wouldn't ever order this again, but it's edible. It's like yeah, it's a burger, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, TJ says, we've heard you like a good foot long. Hey, I can uh, one bite, baby. One bite. I'm talented like that. Oh, 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 you're talking about hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, that, that too. That too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Defense Dad's true. He says that uh, cheesesteaks, some places are under seasoned and overcooked the meat and they're just trash. Um, yeah, for me, like, here's the thing even if, even if the, 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 the meat is maybe overcooked or whatever, you can usually make up with that with, you know, the onions and the peppers and the cheese. It, it can still taste okay. Um, it's when the cheese is bad, really. If you, if you get the wrong cheese or, uh, or something, you know, someone tries to get creative and make a fancy cheesesteak, oh, stick to the basics. Um, you really can't, in my opinion, all things equal, having a great burger and a great cheesesteak, I'm probably taking a great cheesesteak over a great burger. I know that sounds weird, but, um, yeah, that's just me. That's just me. Um, 67% say a cheeseburger. Uh, and actually, the way I spelled it, I didn't even notice that until now. It's a Chessy burger. Um, yeah, what great spill in there, dude. 18% the cheesesteak, 9% BLT, and hot dogs come in last where they should be there, Ginger, at 7%. Now, our hot, I think I've asked everybody this, but I don't, Ginger, I'm sure I've asked you this. Hot dog, you think it's a sandwich? Remember. It, it depends on how it's dressed. No, it does not depend. It never depends. It will never be a sandwich, ever. Explain to me how you think it could be a sandwich. I want to hear this argument. All right, well, if it's just a hot dog by itself, it's not a sandwich. But if it's like a Chicago-style dog or a Sonoran-style dog where it's got a bunch of different toppings on it, it's slightly kind of a sandwich. I would lean towards more of a submarine than a sam sandwich because uh, it is on, an, on a roll. But, I'll that. but yeah, I, I just... be a sandwich. But that's a specific thing, a submarine. It's not a sandwich. Yeah, a, a sub is not a sandwich either. It's its, its own thing. Yeah. Um, ah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I knew I didn't like you for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I guess that's it. I don't know. It is what it is. All right. Uh, yeah, guys, those are the pony polls this week. Go check out our good friends over AndersonManufacturing.com. Uh, doing some awesome stuff. And if you were here before, Kyle uh, was talking a little about this month's Cerakote of the Month. It's the Sandstorm. If you guys remember the old chocolate chip desert camo pattern from the, the original Desert Storm, that's kind of what it is. And, and like I said, Kyle sent me a picture of it. Um, and I was like, oh, man, like, love that stuff. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, they do. Real quick, Kyle, if you want to, I know that there might be people that don't know about the Cerakote of the Month. You want to spend a couple of seconds and just kind of explaining the whole project real quick before we get going into their topic? Yeah, I'll give it down to Dirty. Um, basically, it's Cerakote of the Month. Um, we'll pick a design for the month and pre-orders open. So, for instance, April was our A-Palms. A-Palms is there the month of April. You could pre-order them, but after April, they never come back again. So, you kind of get a limited edition receiver set, uh, perfect start for your build, and, uh, you know, have something different from what everybody else has. Yeah. So, <clears throat> kind of all rolled into a package this month. Like, 
Ghost of Sand, Sandstorm, and it's just paying homage to like those Desert Storm guys. So uh, head to Anderson Manufacturing, check it out, get a look at them. If you like it, order one up. Absolutely. Uh, say hello out there, um, DP and Recoil Alaska. What's up, brother? He says hot dogs are not food. Now I don't necessarily go that far. I I, I do enjoy a hot dog. Um, I like going to baseball games. I'm a big baseball guy, and there's nothing better than going to a ballpark, getting yourself a couple hot dogs and a, and a, a hot pretzel. Um, that's that's pretty much kind of America right there, isn't it? Yeah. That's the only place I can eat hot dogs is at the ballpark. Yeah, I, I think I burnt myself out as a kid. I used to eat them like out of the fridge, like right out the package. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's. And the good thing about hot dogs, like if it's like ten o'clock at night, and I just want them real quick, and I got some hot dogs, I can throw that real quick, and it'll be done in a couple minutes. And they're pretty good. Oh. Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, split them in half and fry them up with your breakfast food, like yeah. fried bologna. It ain't it ain't bad. I tell you, a pretty good dog is, and I'm not a big Sonic guy, but Sonic has the. I just the, ate the, one of those the other day. Yeah. Dogs, and Sonic's got a pretty damn good chili dog. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yep. Oh, snap. Yahoo's in the hizzy. Uh oh. MF. <laughs> What's up, brother? Long time no see. Hopefully, see you soon. I mean, worst case, we'll see it shot, but maybe we'll see you somewhere. Uh, go check out the Pew Pew Jew. Awesome, awesome, awesome person right there. He got a bunch of books out. Great person. Go check out Yehuda, uh, com. Go check out all this cool stuff over there. Good seeing you, brother. Thanks for shopping by. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk range days. Um, and Marcus out there says, are we going to be talking about range day or crazy shit we've seen when we're going to the range? Probably a little bit of both. More importantly, I, I you can't not talk about the crazy stuff you see because that's what the funny stuff is. But a lot of it is uh, how we, what we take, how we approach a range day. Um, now, obviously, Clover just walks out the back porch in his pajamas, and so he's at the range. But for most of us, that actually have to like go somewhere to the range. You know, we'll uh, talk about that. Um, more importantly, we'll talk about maybe things not to do um, for people out there that might be new to listening to this podcast. It might be kind of new and say, hey, uh, let's remember, guys. I'm sure everyone here remembers the first time they went to a, a shooting range for the first time. Um, probably a little nervous, probably a little scared of people making fun of them, uh, probably a little apprehensive of what to do, what not to do, and all that. So. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about range day and, 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 and some fun stuff that we have. Most um, of we've seen weird stuff we've seen at the range. We've all seen weird stuff. Uh, weird stuff that have happened to us. I don't know about you guys, but um, I've had some weird stuff happen to me at a range. Um, I'll be the first to admit it. I've had, you know, multiple NDs at the range. Um, I think if you're shooting long enough and all of that, you're going to have a couple of NDs. And anyone that says they've never had an ND is either lying or it just hasn't happened yet. So, I mean, stuff like that, NDs happen that you hopefully you learn from them and uh, don't make that mistake again. But uh, it does happen. But uh, we're not going to really go through like, hey, I want to ask each individual. Let's just have – we've all been around. We're all friends. We, we know each other. Uh, let's just have a discussion. When Let's start kind of from the beginning. When we're talking about – 
going to the range, do you do you guys really set aside and say, I'm going to the range for a specific reason to work on something specifically? Or is it just let's just go to the range and just get some trigger time and, and let loose some some stress? Like most of the time, obviously we're all gonna do that, but in general, do y'all go to the range with a purpose to work on something individually or what? Yeah, I, I mean, I always do. I always go to the range with a purpose, but I mean, that has a lot to do with like your budget and stuff like that, where you live. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm in a pretty urban area right now. I'd like to be out in the sticks one day, but uh, it, it costs money to go to the range. So anytime I go to the range is with a purpose. Either I need to train, like get my weekly training in, or uh, I'm trying to get something sighted in, a new optic or something like that. But I always go with a purpose and you know, kind of prepare to that and whatever happens, happens obviously, but I at least yeah. go with a plan. So you go with a plan. Let me ask you this. Uh, at work, do you guys have your own range or anywhere that you can shoot that's attached to your property and, and, and buildings? Um we do. Um so we have okay. like a test we have our test fire range and then we have an off site um campus where we do like our heavy test fires and stuff like that. Something new that we want to see how far we can run in there. Right, right. I got you. Uh, Ginger is in the hizzy. Finally, he finally made it home. Uh, John, when you when you go to the range, uh, ask you the same question. When you go to the range, do you usually go with some sort of direction or idea of what you want to accomplish, or do you just kind of go to the range and say, "Hey, let's just get some rounds down range"? Uh, a little bit of both. It depends on what I'm going for. So if it's Going assuming you're, assuming you're not doing content, let's just yeah, say if that. I'm, yeah. If I'm not doing content, then yes, it's it's to go for a purpose to maybe practice holster drawing or practice target acquisition, maybe shoot and move, and then sometimes it's just, hey, I got a new toy. I want to go blast some rounds down range. That's just as good as anything. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Clover, um, the, the biggest question I have for you is, when you walk outside your back door to go to the range, yeah. are you typically dressed or are you just kind of letting it all hang out? It depends. You call pajama pants dressed? I mean, you have clothes on, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you ever walked out there in your in your underwear and say, let's go shoot some guns? And shoot some guns? No. Um, have I ever went out there in my underwear? Yes. Well, sure. But. Occasionally, you forget something's out there, and you're, you know, in the bed, and you wake up, and you're like, "Oh crap!" Or you whatever. remember that you had yeah. a, a gun a buried in the snow. <laughs> yeah, a Glock under two feet of snow, or whatever. Yeah. No, but but you know, yeah. I was filming that day or doing something, and it's like, oh man, I left that out there. I was, was going to bring it in, and I, you know, second trip or something, and I didn't, and just throw on some sho shoes, grab a flashlight, scoot out of there, grab it. So, yeah, it happens. <laughs> I'd, I'd be out there full nude rocking it. <laughs> right? Mag dump. Hot brass. Hot brass is a real thing. Just saying. <laughs> uh, I understand. Um, Clover. Snob says Clover brought a Brickell bib to wear on the range. That, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I know somebody who probably has one. Uh, he lives in Indiana. Uh, knowing him, he probably has one of those. Love I'm you, sure, real call. I'm 
sure. <laughs> autographed. Probably autographed. Got a little. Uh, He's got it framed. I promise you. A little lipstick kiss on it or something. No telling. I hope those were Joe's lips. Never know. You never know. Uh, Marcus out there says, most time going to the range is zero new optics or get the feel of a new firearm. Um, guy says, depends. I go indoor range to stay up to date with my pistols. I go to the outdoor range just to shoot shotguns and, and ride. I'm assuming horses, maybe. Um, defense dad said, ghost quads. huh? Or quads. Or quads, sure, yeah. Uh, some of us went bowling with a 12 gauge this weekend. It was a blast, literally. That sounds interesting. Now do it. Now DJ, do it like a real man. Now do it with some handguns. Uh, it goes to 22 to see if you can knock any of those pins over. Whew, as, as long as they're put on the uh, on the board regulation for a 22, which is at the back edge, not the front edge. And my big thing hard to hit your target. Yeah, I know. I know it's pretty easy to hit twenty-two targets of twenty-two at a reasonable distance. But uh, bowling pins would be interesting. I don't. I really don't know. I mean, how close would you have to be to knock a bowling pin down to twenty-two? Pretty close, if nah, at all. If you, if you catch it right, no, no. Uh, and especially if it, like I said, if it's on the back end of the table, which most uh 22 most rim fires uh, bowling pin matches i've seen it's on the back edge of the table not the front if it knocks it a little bit it falls well, over. well the deal is if you're good enough you can catch it on the head of the pin okay and it'll flip it off yeah okay there you go there you go uh for me i i if, if i'm not going for content then typically i'm i'm going um to work on something a lot of times me and Lance will go out there and, and we'll just uh, get some targets up there and just try to get get some shots in and, and, and work on, like kind of what John was saying, work on draws, work on multiple target acquisition, transitioning. Sometimes we'll transition between pistol and, and, and rifle or whatever, just working on all that kind of stuff. Uh, if we're going AR, we'll, we'll put the, the, the barrier thing we built uh, trying to get from different angles, different setups, and different positions, and working strong hand, working a little weak hand, doing some CQB, having to switch sides, and all all that kind of stuff. Handling is really uh, I, I spend a lot of time handling, and I know that sounds weird. Um, I enjoy shooting rounds, but um, I, I'll tell you this much. So, kind of funny how we get to this day right here. We got to this point in our life right here um, through this YouTube channel because I was at the range getting ready to go to Texas or Oklahoma for a big um, IDPA match. This is in June 8th, coming up in two days, June 8th of 2017. It will be my six years on YouTube. June 8th will be Thursday, my six-year anniversary on YouTube. But on June 8th of 2017, I was preparing for a match. And I was doing some stuff that I always do at the range. And there's happened to be a guy down there, and he was just kind of watching, like, what the hell is he doing? And he's probably one of those guys that's got his, his, you know, he's going to rest it, his revolver on a rest, and, you know, do his thing. It is what it is. Um, he asked me what I was doing. I told him I was getting ready for a match and all that. And he said, man, you should, you should do a video on that. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, Oh, that's probably people that want to know how to get into competitive shooting and what you had to do. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't do that. 
literally I filmed my first video that day, like selfie style on the phone, on the phone. And that was my first YouTube video. Uh, the reason why that's important is I was at the range working on getting ready for a match, working on some specific skills. Now, take that a couple years before that, I'm doing, I'm being bored at the range quite a bit because you go to the range and sometimes you just, you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again at the range. Yes, it's good always doing your handling and all that, but sometimes you want to, so I started getting into competitive shooting because it gave me something to practice and, and, and be at the range doing something different than I would normally. Um, so going to the range and getting kind of bored, ironically, six, seven, eight years later through this weird cycle has led to tonight. So it's kind of strange. For me, I'm always looking to work on handling, though. Um, I think that that is a skill set. For me personally, what I see people at ranges, just people out there in general, uh, their handling skills are suspect at best, uh, sometimes a little scary, let's be honest. Uh, I think people should worry on your handling skills uh, a lot more than just shooting. I think practicing from the draw is important. I think working strong hand only, weak hand only, um, all that stuff, working on reloads in your workspace, all that kind of stuff, the handling side of firearms is just as important as is getting trigger time. Um, I'll decline that phone call. Uh, someone's calling from New York. I, 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 why don't not New York? New York City, get a rope. Um, some of y'all aren't old enough to understand that, John and Kyle. Kyle Clover understands the get a rope. Um, that was... What was that? Uh, Picante uh, sauce commercial, whatever that was. Anyways, uh, so we're talking about ranges and all that. And, and let's I'm gonna go to Clover real quick on this one and say, um, how much time, like when, when you're going to your range or any other range and you're actually working on specific skills, how much time do you spend actually pulling triggers versus whether it's handling or moving or whatever, how much time do you kind of allocate for actually just pulling triggers versus other things? He's not even listening. I pull triggers a lot. So, I mean, do you, did, do you dedicate time to handling skills or is it mostly just pulling triggers? The handling skills happen when you're pulling triggers, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, no, I mean, it's... I don't know, maybe 80% trigger, okay, 20%. Let me, let me put you this way. Do you ever spend time emphasizing your handling skills, or they on, just kind of go along with it? On the range? Yeah. I, most of the handling and stuff happens more dry fire style, I think, than That's on right. the range. So, no, if I'm on the range, I'm, I'm, I'm sending them because I'm on the range. No, I hear you. Uh, and we're gonna, there's a reason why I'm asking that. Um John, Kyle, triggered pulls or other skills that you're working on, which which do you think you do most of? Is it just trigger time when you're on the range typically? Uh, yeah. I'll, when I go to the range, it's, it's strictly trigger time. I'm usually limited to one lane system anyway, oh. just, just in the area I'm in. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it, you know, if you're out there, then you're in an area like that, like, like Clover was saying, what goes, what I think you're alluding to is you don't have to be at the range to work on your handling, but 
handling is uh, a required foundation to have when it comes to any type of marksmanship, you know, especially if you're looking for like personal defense. Like you want to know how to handle that thing as well as you know shoot it accurately. Absolutely, uh, Ginger. I mean, when just like you said, dry fire practice holster draw practice at the house and then i put it all together at the range and send around sound range so it's a lot of just taking i guess you would say the motions but it's that's a bad way of saying it taking the motions and putting it all into this form to well, I, I get what you're uh, saying yeah yeah no i understand what you're saying the, you other, about that. the other thing that i really like using before i go to the range is a mantis i put my mantis x on on my pistols and I'll I'll run it just to see time and draw time and trigger pull and accuracy and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the re yeah the reason why I kind of was going down that road I was going to ask you you know basically and, and you guys have all kind of answered that. Um, and I, I do a lot of handling, but it is handling while pulling triggers. If you want to focus on just the draws, just the different transitions and all of that. Um, I think that needs to be done with an empty gun, magazine in a separate room than the firearm, dry firing at home. I think that that's the biggest thing that I think what people, oh, let's take Kyle. You're busy. You don't have access. You, you only have a, you're in an urban area. So you, you know, you, you don't have a lot of choices. So you go to the range and you have one lane. You might have that for an hour max you know so you're going to try to pull as many triggers as you can that's great the problem is is i think that's what a lot of, i'm not saying you i think the average person that is in that same boat how much i go once a month once every six weeks to the range and get as many triggers if you're not doing anything in between those range visits um one really are you going to get any better but two you could be dangerous out there if, if you're not working on stuff at home. So I consider the dry fire and the handling practice at home as part of a range. It might not be shooting live ammo at the range, but that's a range. That's something that goes along with range days because if you're not working on that stuff, your range days aren't going to be as successful. They could be dangerous, if you will. Um, getting some trigger time, dry firing, uh, Mantis. There's a lot of great different programs and, and systems you can use for dry fire, or you can just dry fire and just point at the TV. I, I swear to God, for a while, I would get my gun out and I'd be watching a movie, and every time I saw a bad guy, I'm dry firing on the bad guy. It's just, it is what it is. But um, yeah, I think the handling skills are incredibly important, and I think a lot of this can be done at home because. You need to maximize your time while at the range. I see a, now if you've got hours upon hours to just hang out at the range, do your thing. Uh, I, I see a lot of people at the range that come out literally, and they'll have a box of ammo, which is fine. One box of ammo, and they're going to shoot that as fast as they can. And it's like, Unless you're just stressed out and you needed a stress relief, I don't understand why if you've got 50 rounds and you're going to fill up, you know, four or five magazines and just go mag dump, mag dump, mag dump, switch, mag dump, mag dump, switch, mag, and then you're gone five minutes later. I don't understand the purpose of that. 
Um, so I would say is, is go with a purpose, go with a plan, at least an idea of what you want to get done. Do some prep work before you get to the range, whether it's handling or going for the draw. Now, let me ask you guys this. Uh, I'm lucky where I am, and obviously Clover has a home range, but uh, Kyle, like where you go, uh, is it an indoor range or outdoor range typically? It's indoor. Are you allowed to shoot from the draw at that range? Uh, technically, you're not supposed to. There's a lot of Yeah. You know, the people in there are cool, so. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's a lot of people that, have, that will say, I can't shoot from the draw from my range. That's fine. Do your draw practice at home. Do your draw. And if you really want to get your, you know, draw, present, and find that sight picture target acquisition, and you can't do it at the range, start the low ready and just pull it up and try to find that sight picture and all that. But do your handling with the with the holster at home. Um, you can do that while you're watching a movie at home. You know, it might freak your family out a little bit, but as long as it's safe, unloaded, and all that, you know, you can sit there and get your draws in and pre get pre presentation and all that um, at home. Um, going to the range now. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about maybe bringing like beginners or someone that's inexperienced to the range. And hey, before um, you before oh, you yeah. do before you yeah. do, um, yeah. there is a place for the magnums, and that is uh, maintenance repair related things. Um, I get that. Yeah. So sometimes um, when people do that, that's they've had to work on something or whatever, and they're just you know. They want to that's, run it fast the, just to make sure that everything is going to. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that. Like I'll give you that one. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I, the, the ones that I have witnessed, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Oh, no, no, no doubt. There's people that do it just to do it, just to waste <laughs> ammo. No, no, no. That's the vast majority yeah. of times. The times I do it is kind of what I'm saying. Anytime I'm mag dumping, um, yeah. it, it's typically some type of a function test. Because of, you know, or just having fun doing a mag dump just for the hell of it. Very yeah, rarely. I mean, occasionally, and especially if you're talking 22, because 22 is cheap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll put up something like a 10 inch gong at 25 yards, right? And yeah. how fast, how fast can I rack the trigger off and how many can I get on the steel, you know, type thing? But, you know, you're talking about a 10 round magazine a lot of times too. So it's not like it's a bunch of ammo. But the vast majority of my, when I, when I do mag dump type things, it's it's checking out something. It's trying to figure out a problem. Somebody's brought me one and they've had a problem or I fixed sure. something or whatever. Absolutely. And defense that says the majority of people don't have regular access to a range that actually allows it. Exactly. And that's that that's why I think that doing the homework, if you will, homework for guns is the handling and the dry firing. I think that's part of the range because um, you may not be shooting live ammo. I got. I hope you're not shooting live ammo. Um, but you're not. But you are still getting trigger time, uh, and, and that's got to be part of the range. Is you you set up a range day? Okay, I'm gonna go to the range this Saturday. Well, that whole week prior, you should be doing something, getting ready for that range day. Whether it's cleaning your guns, making sure everything's good to go, uh, work on your your draw from the holsters. If you can't do it at the range, that's got to be something. Especially if you. Can't Nice. Like, what the hell, you know? What'd you say? There you go. We lost you. You froze. Lost you. Another, another yeah, really? awesome screen. You guys were 
Probably. You guys are moving around, and, and I, I never did anything here. Yeah. And before we move on, too, uh, yep. in the area I'm in, and if you're in an urban area out there, I try to schedule once a month where I can get somewhere outdoors where I can work on, draw from the holster or different, even different firing positions with the rifles. Yep, absolutely. Um, the, the next transition we're talking about is, like I said, taking someone, not necessarily a, an absolute beginner, but someone that's either beginner or very limited experience at the range that um, may not know some range etiquette or never really been taught there's a question by g webs up there that i've starboard and come back to that's a great question we'll, we'll hit that next uh thanks g uh but talk about bringing inexperienced even beginners out there um yep. what's the first thing you guys i know clover you've got a bunch of this experience with 4-h and all that you know um Aside from showing them the safe, talk about the safety and all of that, and showing them the proper, you know, basic grip and all that. Once you've gotten past that step, uh, what's some, what's kind of the first maybe drills or something that you're going to take beginners to go shoot? The easiest thing possible. So safety number one, obviously, yep. uh, manual of arms, manual of arms. You know, yeah, once you've gotten two, past those, absolutely, unloading, unloading yeah. basics. Obviously, those two are top tier. And, and the third is fun, and that can entail a bunch of different things. And it's not fun if they don't hit targets. So, you know, as close as they can possibly be on as big of a target as you can possibly put out there and get them to start getting rounds on steel or rounds in color on a, you know, on a mm -hmm. circle target, whatever the case may we'll be. The D52 target out there and let them try whatever. to Whatever, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then work them, you know, work them out from there. But, you know, get them... And and let me back up and say, run get through the safety and the and the manual of arms and anybody you're with. I mean the 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 speed at which they absorb that is going to be different. Everybody kind of mm -hmm. picks up things and learns differently. But you want to get them on the range pulling triggers with live ammunition as quickly as possible. Yep. And having fun doing it. Um, that's to me that's the goal because that's the let's be honest. We can train. We can go out and we can train and we can, you know, whatever, flashing lights, loud noises, you know, low light, flipping around hoods on cars, you know, or maybe it's, it's, maybe it's um, precision training. We're standing there. We're focused on breathing. We're focused on a two-stage trigger pull. We're focused on, you know, hyper-focused on side alignment, you know, or we can just go out there and have fun. Yeah, no, right? there's lots of said about Which that. Which do we prefer to do? We prefer to go out there and have fun. I'm going to shoot steel. I'm going to shoot the, you know, swinging steel, moving steel. I'm going to move between this barricade and the other. I'm going to, you know, that, that type of stuff is we're having fun when we're doing it. And, yeah. and the same thing applies to new people, too. Make it fun because that's what draws us in and that's what keeps us, I think, being firearm owners. It's so much fun, not only in what we can do on the range, but all of the equipment we have access to to do yeah. that with, right? Yeah, whether it's steel targets where they can hear that ping, ping, ping. Yeah, it's a yeah. cool, it's a cool feeling you hear and that ping, ping, ping. And I think it's also important to keep in mind if you, you know, if you're you're taking somebody out, and let's say it's let's say it's a kiddo, let's say it's an, it's a it's a niece or a nephew, and they're, you know, whatever, eight nine years old, sixty pounds, forty whatever. 50, 60 pounds soaking wet, you know, yeah. and you take out the four inch Smith and Wesson, you know, 44 Magnum 
right? Like, and that's the only thing you've brought out. Like, come on. So keep in mind who you're taking in that in that context. And again, the gear and all of the doodads are what's part of what's the fun, right? So yep. bring some things for the range that are fun, whether that's Iron Ear Pro or Targets or the firearms that you bring. Uh, bring things that are fun. I have been known when I've worked with people in the, um, in the last few years um, that are either brand new or inexperienced or haven't shot in years type thing. Um, I've brought out, I've brought watermelons. I've brought out gallon milk. Uh, they're filled with water so that they can actually see. Like, you know, it sounds Dude. funny, but you shoot a watermelon. Oh, it's kind of fun. Like, so, you know, you, you, you get 10 shit. It might take a few shots for that thing, to, but once it does, it's going to yeah. crack open. You shoot a, a milk jug, you know, that water is going to splash. That's kind of reactive targets are kind of cool to see, you know. Fruits, melons, vegetables, uh, yep. you know, the round ones, of course, um, are amazing. The thing about it is you really don't have a mess to clean up. Nature will take care of that. Right? Exactly. It's not like plastic or, you know, rubber, like it was a balloon or something like that. Um, and obviously your big huge grocers they're not going to do it but if you've got a mom and pop grocer they cull yeah. their their fruits and vegetables and oftentimes they you can go in there and pick through basically their garbage can of yeah and say hey, fruits and vegetables I, I, and they will give them to you fresh watermelons we're not going to eat it you yeah. what do you got it may have, have a bad spot in it right what fruits do you have absolutely yeah, an yeah. apple with a with a wormhole in it bad watermelon exactly. with a bad spot in it and oftentimes they can't sell it to you but you know what they'll do absolutely. often the times i've seen is you pick out what you want and usually put it in a banana box if anybody's ever moved and you know banana boxes are awesome for moving but you know, I'll go in and pick through and put a bunch of stuff in a banana box and then I'll leave the store, walk around the back and the employee sets it outside the back door. Oh and yeah. Then I, and then I pick it up and put it in the truck. Right. Absolutely. So like I haven't carried it through the store. I hadn't, they basically thrown it out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Kyle, John, I'll go with you guys and say, when you're bringing someone that's inexperienced or new, what are some of the things, whether it's, type of guns you bring what kind of targets all that stuff what are some of the stuff that you always try to, to do to help make that an enjoyable first experience well i'm kind of in clover's boat because i taught cmp for years so yeah. what i did was a couple different things you know i i took my experience from there and i brought it to when i was doing other instructing but like we would do one night a week we would do game night for CMP and it would be like the, f the most fun I had was we did water balloons filled with paint and they got to keep the canvases afterwards. So that was really cool. Cause they painted all over. Um, That's I, pretty did, cool. I did like a top shot thing where we took all the cards backwards and that was your points. And there was a bunch of different targets out there to shoot at for different points. The f most fun that the kids I had, I did it with my advanced kids who had like completed the program. I took playing cards and put them sideways and said, split the card. And I had one out of 10 do it. So oh. that was fun. Or Q tips really? or match yeah, matchstick. Yeah, I actually did it. We did it together because I shot it first and I split mine. And then he's like, Oh, I can do this. And then, so we walked back and he split it. And he still texts me like, it's once every two years. So he'll text me and go, Hey, I still got that card. That's that awesome. Split. 
Well, so, you know, that, that that's an experience that um, he'll have for them forever. He still remembers that experience. That's awesome. He was the first. So the program I was doing, so the way CMP works is they work off of, I don't know how 4-H works, but they don't work off of bullseye shooting. They work off of grouping. So their whole thing is like you get scored oh, yeah, by your grouping. So no matter where they, that was what made CMP. No matter where it is, as long as the group's good, you're, yeah. you're good. Okay. And that, that made CMP fun because I could I could go, hey, you're shooting a good group. Now let's try to bring it here. Let's see what you were doing wrong here. And the, the way it would score, like if you got 10 ring, well, it would count for all the other rings across the board. And that'd be your thing. So uh, I had the first, the camp had been open for 60 years. I got the first highest award this first summer I started for that camp so that one kid actually completed the entire course, which wow. really made all these other kids. And I think the last time I heard, cause the kid who, who shot the card in half became an instructor at that camp. He called me, he goes, Hey, I got 10 more this year. And then nice. they kept going. He'll, he'll call me. So that was cool. But for like beginners, when I was teaching, it was normally we'd start off with 22 rifle, same thing, and then work our way up to a pistol and, Every time I would go to a new gun, it'd be a new, you know, hey, this is how this works. We'll explain how this goes. All right, now let's go have the fun part. Let's fire off one round, and then we'll work from there to see if you're comfortable. And then kind of worked our way up. Uh, when it was indoor range, you know, I didn't really like bringing out the AR, but a lot of people want to shoot the AR. But ARs in indoor ranges are just so... Oh, it's it's it. The, the acoustics is terrible. Yeah. It, it's going to so, kill you. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's really. I I made a lot of my stuff fun and like even training with the the wife. She's went from like not wanting to shoot to now transitioning, doing target transitions and things like that. So she's awesome. enjoying that. So. Yeah, I will never get my wife to the range. Ever. My wife never was into it until. Until I got to into the kids into it, until the kids really got into it, and then she's seen how, first of all, she's seen how safe and structured and disciplined and organized and everything. That's why it's great for kids. Um, she's seen all of those aspects, right, of it, and then she's seen how fun it was, and so her 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 tune kind of changed, so to speak. Well, and you're also seeing like if 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 my husband and all the kids are at spending saturdays at the range having fun mm -hmm. one maybe i should try it but two that might be a way that i see my kids and husband on a saturday you yeah. know there, there's different yeah. reasons why they get involved and but it, somehow they just hopefully they just enjoy it you know and it would it would start out with oh i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna be the range photographer and i'm gonna take pictures and then the next thing you know i mean the fun is just it's uh it's it's contagious right yeah and then the next yeah. thing you know, it's like she, she's got to pull triggers. And then she's doing the top shot Ironman matches we would have for fun yeah. and, and different things. The next thing you know, that's and winning awesome. some of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Kyle, when you're when you're working with someone inexperienced or a beginner and all that, are there certain things that you're always going to try to make sure that they have a safe and fun experience? Uh, kind of like these guys said, just bring a low recoil, like a nine mil or a twenty-two, start them off, and then uh, I don't know. I bring like a suppressed AR, oh like yeah, a la like a laser or something, you know, cool on it or something. But I, I never thought about that. But a little laser, you know, most people have never they see them in the movies, but they probably never understood it. That that's a yeah. great idea. The laser is a pretty cool idea, actually. 
Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that was the next question. I'm going to start. I'll start here with Kyle on this one. Um, typically, typically, um, do you do you start when you said 22 or nine? But if you had your choice to start someone, what kind of was it? Be a rifle, a 22 LR rifle, or what caliber and what kind of platform would you normally want to start someone on? Um, I'd say up until this year, I would have probably said uh, just your typical AR, a five five six. Nice. Just yeah. It's so simple to learn the mechanics behind it. Um, but now, I don't know. I'm kind of starting to like these nine mil rifles, man. I really <laughs> am. So yeah. I think if I contacted like a new shooter right now, I'd probably get them on a PCC of that's, some sort. That's a great one. That's a great one. Um. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. I just saw the bat chat. Uh, Clove, going to come to you. I think I know you're going to go buckmark, but, uh, you know, um, typically, what what caliber and platform are you going to try to start someone else on? Yeah, it's going to depend on, uh, you know, if you're talking absolute green, never shot before, uh, probably 22, probably regardless. And I got so many to choose from. You know, sure. there's a thing, but probably 22. Um, if it's a kid, probably 22 regardless, just for my own peace of mind. Like, let's start yeah. out with that. And then it may only take one mag or, or one cylinder and a 22. And it's like, oh, okay, we can move up. Okay, you know, we'll, we'll move you know up. They, they've shot other things before. And, and so, you know, that's, that's that situation. But for my own peace of mind, let's shoot the 22 first. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's an adult and they've handled some various things, um, you know, we don't break out the 44 Magnums right off the bat or anything like that. You're, but you're not going to break out the Deagle first off the bat? Yeah, Come on. Right. Well, I don't have a Deagle, but... <laughs> well, um, I'm just But yeah, yeah. Yeah, 44 would um, be fun. They, they, they probably hate you and never come back. Then again, they might sit there and say... Oh, like you'll know, you'll know who like the true like lifers are gonna be when they shoot that for like, oh yeah, You're like okay, that's my dog right there. Well, <laughs> they need to be they need to be ready. The the worst thing you can do is put a firearm in somebody's hands. Yeah. And and you have not paid enough attention to them to to know whether or not it's gonna scare them. Scare them or um, physically handle that gun. That's that's one thing that um, if you do that, and 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 I run into this to a lot, especially with kids and shotgunning, uh, because shotguns are long; they tend to be heavy. Um, Twelve gauge, you know, uh, is is optimal. And I was having you know eight and ten year olds that would finish up all the other disciplines, and the only one they like you know, finishing everything out was, uh, was shotgunning. But again, they were like eight or 10 years old, you know, somewhere in that range. And we're talking about even, you know, little, little girls. And it's, it's tough. It's like, Hey, you need to understand that this is going to kick, right? There's going to be recoil here, you know, be prepared for that. Don't, don't, don't worry about shooting, hitting the target or hitting the clay or whatever on your yeah. first few rounds. Just experience the recoil and know that that's about as bad as it gets, <laughs> you know, within reason. Now, obviously, you know, if you're shooting like something like a 300 Weatherby Magnum, 300 Winchester Magnum, something like that, it's going to kick worse than a 12 gauge. You know what I mean? Um, but within reason, what are the odds that person or that kiddo, right, is going to shoot anything that kicks worse on a 12-gauge? So it's like, this is this is about as bad as it gets. 
Like, I can only imagine the first shot being 300 win mag. I mean, honestly, for like a 10-year-old kid, first shot ever being a 300 win mag. Like, once Probably. again, you're going to find out whether they're going to be a lifers or they're never going to touch a gun again. It's going to be one of the two. That's it. That's that's the only thing you got. But it can, it can absolutely turn somebody. So you have oh, yeah. to be careful with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Ginger? However, platform, do you have like a go-to, uh, not age-specific or anything, just in general, like what do you like to start people out on? So there's two that I really like starting people out. First off, it's like a 22 of any kind, 22 rifle, 22 pistol, just to start off. Now, if they're getting into more recoil, and you guys are going to laugh at this one, uh, I like really – I found that teaching people how to grip – a pistol using a four inch revolver with 38s with some like lead wad cutter, like low recoil 38s. That way they, I can teach them how to grip it properly. They can kind of go slow with it. And then I work into like a semi, I know Clover's going to. Yeah. I got a question. He's all, he's already. I don't want to, I don't want to throw you off, but here's, here's an issue that I've got. He's the one that's going to. So are you teaching them a revolver grip? To grip a revolver the same way you grip a semi-auto? No, 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 no. I'm starting them off getting the the feel for a pistol with that lower the feel recoil. for. It. You're talking yeah. not the grip, the actual grip, no. the hand position, the mechanics. Okay. No, because okay. I can teach them like, hey, this is because I'm not keep teaching them the mechanics. I'm teaching them where to, you know, hey, on a revolver, you don't want to put, even though it's not a semi, I don't want you to put your thumb there. And that way, they're learning, they're learning, they're learning. Then I switch over to semi, so they know. Then I'm teaching them proper semi grip with the thumbs forward, and they're not trying to reach back where that well, slide that's what, goes. But that's what I'm saying. You can't really turn forward it's, on a revolver, and depending on a revolver with no. a cylinder blast, that could be problematic, too. No, that, I agree with that. What I'm what I'm saying is just trying not to, to teach them not to put their thumbs behind the grip. Behind the grip. Yeah. Yeah, which you want to do on a revolver, but that's neither here nor there but that's yeah. kind of my point but i guess you could go more advanced it's better to not it's better i guess it's better you're right i guess it's better to teach them the wrong way to actually shoot a revolver for safety's sake right yeah um and then correct that later on and go now hey you want to shoot this revolver faster thumb over yeah no and that's where 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 i'm at not not the like yeah not like thumbs forward like on a semi like thumbs on the side by the grip down and then if they want to go faster, then... Like by the top of the gotcha. grip, like wrapped around the top of the grip, right? Yeah, wrapped around the top of the grip. Yeah. I, I, understand yeah. what you're now. I understand what you're saying now. You know, some you, people grab that trigger guard. Like, yeah, I'm not very smart, though. So. Yeah, you know, some people like to dra- grab the front of a trigger guard. I don't know why, but that's like a, a for a lot of, I'm going to say newbies, but even more advanced shooters do that. And you grab the front of a trigger guard on a on a revolver, <laughs> right? You fix have a bad day when that trigger breaks. Well, and that and that's why I, I go from that because it's real low recoil, right? To to this to like a nine mil semi, and then go okay, this is how we're gonna grip this, and just it's trying to keep them from avoiding to putting their thumb behind the slide because you do that once, you don't you don't get that ever again, right? Yeah. One of the biggest things too is is you're right. You said go four inch, is the uh, is the fit of that handgun to the person. Like if you have somebody that's new and they've got fairly large hands, and then you put them in something like a Makarov, right? Right. 
slide bites fixing to happen. I don't care. You know what I mean? I don't care how they're gripping it. Like it's slide bites fixing to happen. Yeah. And that's why I go with the, the four inch just cause you know, I don't want to give them a snubby cause you give them a snubby. They're never going to shit again. Well, a, a snubby with the right 38 special is okay. You know, but usually that's a, a light load and it's really hard to find those like a cowboy load. So, you know, it would have to be a hand loaded, but that's what I used to do is I would run uh, 158 grain light loaded wad cutters, you know, for all the, all the kiddos. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's slightly worse than a, than a 22. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Just don't do what my buddy did to my wife. He, he started, we started off with revolvers and he threw a 357. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. I see that kind of stuff, and it is, they laugh, and it's funny. And now, if you did that to an advanced shooter, okay, it's funny. If I did that to Kyle or Ghost or you, it's like, okay, you know, or put a you know three and a half inch Magnum in a twelve gauge or something when you're cycling through. It's like, okay, that'd be funny. But yeah, for a new shooter, yeah, because you. <laughs> It'd be really well, funny for you. <laughs> yeah, we we would all laugh. Um, We'd be laughing at you, not with you. Let's be honest. Yeah. But um, um, you'd be laughing too, though. Be honest. You'd be like, you sorry, SOBs. <laughs> um, but again, it goes back into scaring somebody. And if you do crap like that, you're going to end up, you know, you're going to end up scaring them. And that's the last thing you want to do uh, is, is scare them. Absolutely. Ooh, scary. Wake um, up, man. You were talking about Kyle earlier. Look at oh, you. I know. I know. I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah, Kyle, like, you. He's like, I was like, I think he's asleep with his eyes open. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that before, so I I know it can happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, for for me, it's uh, I tell you, I love I love the AR platform to shoot start with, um, and I, and I kind of agree with Kyle. I would always go with like five five six. Um, but I think yeah, like a nine millimeter would be kind of a, a great way to start them out with them. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. This is just me. I know that this kind of goes against what I, I truly believe and what I use a lot. I want to start them out with a red dot on an AR. Uh, for no other reason, for the first few shots, it's literally put that dot on that watermelon or that target or that steel and shoot. And with the proper mechanics that we've already worked on prior to pulling that first trigger, they should hit that target. Um exactly um i like i like an ar platform with the red dot on there first because you can always go back we're talking like first experiences i want them to have fun i want them to experience hitting targets and an ar with the red dot they're going to be able to hit anything that you put at them um and you put you put a five five six through a watermelon that thing's gonna that's gonna have some fun um you're gonna hit some steel. It's gonna. It's, it's. You're gonna have a a good time. Pumpkins. Someone said pumpkins earlier. And clover. I think it was you talking about being able to go to like your ma- local maybe farmers market or or mom pa grocery store. Man, you want to load up. Go a couple days after Halloween, and they're probably giving away some maybe some spoiled uh, pumpkins. Or just go to your neighbor's house. Hey guys, what are y'all gonna do with your pumpkins that you've got on the front porch? Can I have them for, you know, whatever, and, and go shoot pumpkins with those things. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll always start with an AR. Um, and, and I do like what Kyle said. I think, I think I'm taking, taking some nines out there, but I've always taken 
a couple of my um, you know two two threes, if you will, and put a red dot. I want them to be able to you know experience that. It, it sounds cool. You know, it sounds weird to us because it doesn't. It's not a cool factor. But for someone who's never shot one, especially if they've kind of grown up playing video games, shooting with a red dot for the first time is a kind of a fun, cool experience to begin with because they've never done it before. So I think that's a pretty cool. Um, a pretty cool way of going that way. Um, I'm not going to go around the room. Just throw it out there. When you're working with newbie slash inexperience, do you typically bring several different guns, maybe a handgun, a rifle, shotgun? Do you bring several for them to shoot throughout the day, or are you going to start one at a time? I bring about several. Because then I'll go, I'll go, okay, we shot this. All right, let's go up and go. And at some point, they're going to be like, well, that's too much, and then go back. Okay, let's go back to this. Not to the point where they're scared, but where they feel comfortable. Like, do you feel comfortable enough to shoot a 12-gauge or this or a, a Mosin or something with a little bit more kick behind it? Yeah. And then they'll go, okay, yeah, I feel comfortable. Oh, I didn't like that. Okay, let's go back to this stuff and have more fun. Does a Mosin have a, have a recoil? Shut up. <laughs> I don't notice it if it does, so that's why I'm well, asking. Like, for a beginner who's probably never shot something, it probably they're going to feel something. You know I, what I'm saying? I, yeah, I'm sure. But it, I mean, to me, it seems really mild, so I, maybe that's just me. See, to me, like an AR, to me, it seems like it's almost got negative recoil. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Like, to me, but for someone yeah. who's new... They're gonna whoa, you know. They're gonna they're gonna feel that kick, but you know, yeah. I mean, I think everything's got a little bit. Of, you have an explosion going on, you know. There's well, gonna be yeah. some, something, yeah. but yeah, I, I don't think it's much. Like I said, for me, I, I when I think AR recoil, I think a negative recoil almost. Yeah. Um, On well, my fifties that way, you know, it's of course it is. You would not think that that thing recoils the way it does. I mean, it's well, okay. I'll give you that. Where it may not. Be, but yeah, it's still it's it, there's there's still some there's other drawbacks. No, there's other drawbacks to it. But yeah, the recoil is now, not how good. heavy is your fifty? Is it is it a heavier barrel? Um, Thirty five pounds? I don't know. Something like that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. With so a, with what I'm saying is, is break. a lot of guys are not going to go heavy barrel. They're going to go something on a fifty and try to get them as lightweight as possible. Try to get them. <laughs> 25 30 pounds that's not fun like uh, you want a heavy like on some of those dmrs you want heavy barrels you want heavy everything you want to absorb as much of that as you can get you well, that's why that's why some of the 338 stuff is worse recoil than a 50. absolutely no doubt lighter weight uh, platforms a lot of weight platform uh with just as a powerful as a punch um you were gonna say something kyle go ahead Oh no! I was just going to agree with John. Like they're gonna, they're gonna pick out what their favorite is. Yeah, it, it actually happens more than I'd like to admit. But uh, no, they're gonna find that one that they feel comfortable with, and then that's gonna be like their baby. And then that's where they're really gonna start exploring like the fundamentals of marksmanship and and all that. And it's gonna blossom into a beautiful thing. So. You know, I remember <laughs> the the first gun my that I had my daughter. Um, Shoot, I, I had probably five or six out there, you know, and I'm gonna let her choose. And of course, she being like, this is when she's, I don't know, 17, 16, somewhere in there. And, um, 
she goes to the smallest because she's like five one at the time she's like five one like 100 pounds so she goes to the smallest gun and says this is the one that i want to shoot first i said i don't know if that's what you want to shoot first but hey if you want to shoot we're, we're gonna go through all of these so what does she happen to choose she she ended up choosing the bodyguard which is a really small 380 and a carry handle a carry pistol a pocket carry pistol size if you guys aren't familiar with the bodyguard it's like an LCP, I guess, almost. Yeah, but two, it's two, finger, two finger grip. It's literally, literally a two finger grip. Yeah. And I was like, eh, may not be the choice you want for the first experience. Because people don't realize just because it's smaller doesn't mean it's not going to be, you know, a, a 380 in that small of a package. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to have a little kick to it. But she wanted to do it. I said, fine. Then she, you know, she shoots a couple of magazines out of that. Then she moves up to like, I get her to a shield. And she shoots my shield. Oh, I kind of like that better. Then you get her to the Glock, and she's like, oh. I said, sometimes bigger is better. You know, sometimes, especially for a beginner. I'm not saying a higher caliber, but if you can get them into like a, 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 a Glock 17 or something, that's going to have a lot less recoil, a lot less kick to it than a 380 that's got the little bodyguard LCP style. Um so just because something's smaller, if, if someone starts gravitating towards that gun, I mean, let me ask you guys this. I mean, do you let them shoot that or you say, let's come back to that. Let's start with this one. Do you recommend one to shoot or do you literally say, here's five guns, which one do you want to go with first? Kind of depends on who it is, quite honestly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that, but I'm going with the AR probably. Probably AR-15. Well, I think I think it's important too. I mean, if you if you're going to bring out a variety, if you have things that are cool, yeah. you have things that are unique, they're colorful, they're part of pop culture. Uh, yep. I found that the 4H kids really gravitated, and, and at that particular time, like Call of Duties and things like that, the like maybe it's Medal of Honor or something like you know World War II. So, you know, the M1 carbines, right, and oh, the yeah. Uh, and the Garands and things like that, like they they were the P38s. They were they were gravitating toward that kind of stuff because that's what they've seen and that stuff was interesting and whatever. So, you know, having um, having some some quote unquote cool guns, yep, um, can be good. I know a lot of people are there in like the gray man thing with their firearms. Don't make them flashy. Don't get anything with color. You know, or they're like, well, why would you? <laughs> Why would you own that? Well, I own things specifically because if I have people that have never shot firearms before and they're interested and I put that on a table, it may it may not be one of my favorite guns. And oftentimes it's not. It's oftentimes it's a piece of junk. But if I put that on the table, it's gonna catch their interest. They're gonna be, oh man, I've never seen one like that. I've never seen that. I want to try that one, you know. And then you tell them, hey, you know, <laughs> it may jam fifteen times before you get, you know, three rounds downrange. But uh, yeah, let's go. And then yep. once they do that, then put them into something like Kyle saying, put them onto you know an AR or something that's more reliable that they, you know, actually hit the steel with. Yeah, if I know that I'm going to be going with someone that's uh, a newbie or someone that's inexperienced and all of that, I'll bring the MP5 and 22, and I'll bring the P90 and 22 oh, because yeah. they probably recognize those from video, especially if they're younger. Um, you know, they'll, they'll recognize those. I, I think you're right about uh, if if you're ever if you've got a couple guns 
that you think might be good for people that you're not going to shoot, you don't like or whatever. Yeah, man, why not paint those things? Why not rattle can them like wild zombie green and black? Mm -hmm. Just you're not going to shoot them yourself. Utilize them for something else. And like you said, yeah, I think I think that's absolutely yeah. something legitimate. Is hey, you should see this gun that I shot at the range. It was like zombie green. Yeah, or find it is you know. Or that's a great place for a lever action or a single action revolver in your collection too, because oh, it's the cowboy guns, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I got to shoot cowboy guns this weekend. And, you know, they'll tell people or whatever. Well, it may be a brand new Marlin, maybe a brand new Ruger, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You know, it ain't no cowboy, but you know that in their yeah. mind, that's what it looks like. It looks like what they've seen on the on the movies or on TV. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, mandatory carry six dollars super chat. Thank you both. Says keep fighting. I'll catch the rerun. No problem, homie. My favorite coast. My my favorite weirdo. My favorite coasty. The only coasty I know, uh, but definitely my favorite weirdo. Uh, my favorite guy that lives in a padded room with a straitjacket. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Um, real quick, Marcus. Kind of funny. Bring this up. Question for Kyle. Has Anderson ever thought about getting into the shotgun game? You know, about a month or two ago, <laughs> uh, we we have, if they ever are, if Kyle could ever talk the Andersons into it, it will sell more than anything that Anderson has ever produced. John, do you want to go into what you came up uh, with? I think yes. it's unbelievable. So we are doing our grassroots effort, like always, to get Anderson to produce shotguns. Uh, so the Anderson Pony Express is a double barrel, double hammer, uh, clover choked, clover, what's the other part? Three and a half inch chamber? Three and a half inch uh, chamber. Was it side by side or over? Side, side by side. side, coach side coach gun. Gun. That's what I think. Yep. Eight, 18 and a half inch coach gun. Uh, called the Pony Express. For those of you who know don't know, we are doing our grassroots effort to get Kyle to produce that. So anytime Anderson makes a post on Facebook, Instagram, go on all their social feeds, use hashtag Pony Express 2024. Again, hashtag Pony Express 2024 to get them to make this gun because why not? Yep. Hashtag Pony Express 2024. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yep. We yeah. know you're behind it. We just got to get the Andersons involved in this, you know? I, I'm totally down. I'm, totally <laughs> down. I'm, I'm working on the blueprints day and night. <laughs> My hope is that... Even, even at the Waffle House, apparently. Yeah. Apparently. My hope that is that enough people start doing this on your social feeds that the Andersons have to go to you and go, what is this hashtag Pony Express 2020? I want you guys, all right, for everyone that's watching right now, listening, and later on, if you've made it this far, right now, on your phone, go to Instagram, pull up Anderson Manufacturing, pull up any post, and make a comment, hashtag Pony Express 2024. I'm going to make a caveat to that. Please do not do it on their D-Day post, because I feel like that's a little rude. But all yeah. other posts are, are open <laughs> for the game. Let's go yeah. to a specific post. Let's go to the post that you guys put out about the sandstorm. How about that? All go right. check the sandstorm and comment hashtag Pony Express 2024. Do that right now. Do that right now. 
Kyle's going to have to monitor this over the next hour or so in the next couple of days with the replays and, and podcast and see how many people actually do this. Uh, all right. Uh, I've got I've got one more. G brought up a great topic. This could be a whole show on its own, but we're going to try to do this in 25 minutes. Okay. The question is, how do you know how to use range time effectively if you've never experienced training? Looking at all the training haters out there, piss poor practice equals piss poor performance, I'm told. Um, I like to say that perfect practice, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Um, that's just me. Now, that said, um, how do I get, oh, here we go, take that off. Um, now, we know that there's at least one person in this room that is, I'm not saying he's a training hater, but he's definitely not on the train of um, being a big training supporter. And, um, that said, bringing training into range time, um, obviously, I'm a big training guy. Uh, I just enjoy I, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy learning new things all the time. I enjoy it's fun to go and take training. But how much of getting actual like like training, not going to the range and practicing with your buddies, but sending someone that's new, how, how important do you think going to get training right off the bat? Do you Should they wait before they go get some training? Do you think they should go get training before they take their first shot? Like, where do you guys fall on the training side? I'm going to go with Clover first because he's going to be – it's going to be a real quick answer. He's going to say no training. No, no. I mean, it can be done at the range, their very first trip to the range. I mean, they can get enough of what they need. Come on. No, mechanical no, no, device, I, you pull the trigger, it goes boom. I, like what I'm talking about is actually you know, saying you should go to a class, like an actual training class. Let's assume that you agree with that. Would you rather send them after they've been to the range a couple times and you've worked with them for the basics, or do you think they should go to like a training class before they, like if they've never shot a gun before? Where do you fall down on that? No, on I that? think they need to have some basic familiarization before they ever go into some advanced type training class but here's the thing what are we calling training i'm just saying like a a, a, a a handgun 101 like the basic right you know a basic class that's literally gonna you know introduce yeah. a handgun what if somebody's I mean, not interested in that right like what, what if saying. somebody's just that's interested awesome. in target shooting or competition that's or like completely how, how different training to go into the range Right, that's, completely that's different kind of thing. So what I think is they need basic, everybody needs basic, like we talked about, basic safety, um, basic handling, basic manipulation, basic um, uh, familiarization, right? In mm -hmm. order for them to figure out where they want to take their firearm owning journey or firearm shooting journey. Maybe they don't want to, maybe they don't even want to do anything self-defense related with it. Maybe they yeah. just want to hunt and that's all they want to do. Maybe they want to get into competition with it. Maybe they want to become, you know, whatever, Mr. Smooth operator flipping around on the hoods of the car or something. I mean, and if they want to, that's cool, right? But if they don't have some type of a baseline, how are they ever going to figure out what they want to do? And I think more importantly, they need somebody out there that is advocating for them to, to experiment and try some things because we're in a wonderful community that has so many different facets of firearm ownership and 
yes, a lot of them overlap. We all, we, we, there's many of us that do multiple, multiple things, but that doesn't mean we, we all have to do the same things. I agree a hundred percent. I, I, I am a big proponent of training. Everyone knows that about me. Um, but I will say this. I want them to, how do I put this? I want to take someone to the range with an AR and a red dot. That's how I like to do it. Let them have fun shooting some watermelons, shooting some apples, shooting steel, whatever. Having fun for a couple different times. Um, I want, instead of saying, you've got to go get training, I want them to organically figure out, maybe I should. I want to go take some training class. I want to go take a class. I enjoy this enough now that I want to go get some instruction. I think if you do that and they want to be at that training class, they're going to get a lot more out of it. They're probably more likely to take what they've learned at that training class home with them back to their house, back to the range and actually practice it. Whether and instead of saying, you're going to go to a training class before I even work, before I even take you to the range. You know what I'm saying? I like, I like the way you put that. And I think that's the first time, and we've had this conversation many, many times. I think yep. that's the first time you've ever used that phrase that I can recall, or at least the first it's time it's dawned on me. You said instruction. Instruction, yeah. Advanced instruction. I would like to replace the word training with advanced instruction. That's fair. Training, sure. like training. That. Training is a correl- scary word to some people, maybe. Well, yeah. it has this correlation that it's self-defense or it's, it's you know, tactical, mil- mil- yeah. tactical or whatever. Advanced instruction could be anything. I and like that, that. Just depends on what you want to do. What do you want to advance in, right? And that's the type of instruction. I, didn't I was being profound, out. but I'm proud of myself for yeah, that. Yeah, good job. I think. <laughs> Um, yeah, you and I really don't see eye to eye on a lot of training stuff. Just joking. We actually see eye to eye on a lot of it. Um, but I think that that's that for me, uh, Kyle ginger, uh, where do you guys fall in on, on, on what we're talking about as far as, uh, when to send someone or maybe when to not send them, but even bring up a class of some sort. Um, as far as like formal classes go. I'm not too big on that myself. I'm kind of in the realm with Clover on that. I do believe that everybody needs to learn basic fundamentals, like um, different shooting positions, like kneeling, prone, sitting, standing. Um, And then one thing that I think is most important is your combat glide. So, like, Uh yeah. And then um, one thing that I just want to add it off, add on to what uh, yourself and Clover said is – it doesn't have to only be at the range you're training this stuff. Now, I am blessed to work for a firearm manufacturer, uh, but everywhere I walk at work where I know not everybody's watching me or something, I'm clearing that room I'm going into. I'm clearing up the stairs. I'm clearing down the stairs. And just just basically jogging those fundamentals um, so that it, it just becomes uh, muscle memory at, at some point. I, I, I'm that nerd, too. I'm not <laughs> Yeah. One I've thing... Got- yeah, go ahead. Well, I, when he was when he was talking, you were talking about um, you were talking about positions and whatnot, Kyle. It's it, something something struck me, and but it's because I seen the video. I put out the Tech Nine video what last week or whatever, right? Yeah. And I was using the sling. It's a big yep. pistol, big pistols yeah. and slings go Almost together. It's like a single point sling, so like I guess. Yeah. Are, 
familiar with that. I guess if you don't have a brace, right? Use a sling. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess this video popped up, and it was a the channel has a a huge following. I couldn't remember the channel. I've really never heard of them before. But it was a Tech Nine video, and they were holding it like a regular pistol, the two hand grip on the grip mm -hmm. with the. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you morons! Like, put a sling. It's got sling attachment points on it for a freaking reason it's big it's heavy you're supposed to use it with a sling so i just wanted to interject that with when kyle was talking about learning different positions and stuff also learn like when to use slings and when to use supporting yeah. devices and things like that love that uh and if you're gonna use a sling learn how to use that sling correct um yeah. you know i can i mean hell kyle I can't even count how many hours that we did nothing but sling work, you know, um, and, and, and that's great because now you can you can work a sling in, in so many different ways. And uh, absolutely, you know, I agree. You learn when and how to use support, whether it's a sling, whether it's a, a stock or a brace or whatever you're going to use. Um, absolutely. That's, that's a great point. I think. Uh, go ahead, John. You're going to say something. Yeah. Before I even go on. Yeah. So. Basically, when you're teaching somebody, you're giving them basic instruction. And mm. what I would do is I teach them, and then most of the time they were doing this to go to get their concealed carry permit for the state of Ohio. So what I would recommend right. is go, hey, we there's a basic instruction class for the that yep. you need to meet the recommended hours for the the concealed carry. Why don't you go take that? learn a little bit about that it's a fundamentals class and then if they want more advanced instruction you know then go that but i'm with you i do a lot of side training and i do it because i learn a lot of techniques that i may not have known if i didn't take those classes so like i did a vehicle fundamental class well if i'm concealed carrying and i have that issue if someone's coming up in the that I can I learn how to draw from a vehicle, draw from a seated position, how to use that vehicle for my advantage. And I know you too, Kyle, and your, yourself and Chase, who just hopped in, had some more advanced instruction. But that's those are the things that I'm looking for. Is going okay? Well, mm -hmm. I want more advanced instructions. Like even the long range thing. Like I didn't know how to get into long range, so I took a basic long range class. That's basic instruction. There's no thing advanced about i mean i guess you would say it's more advanced than what you would do on a normal range trip but that learning those things and then you know yeah. a, a good for, you know you guys know kurt kurt took a class with jaeger and he was in class he goes that's not the way I, that's not the way i do things he goes you're at my class that's how you're going to do it here if you go home and say i don't like the way you you taught me that that's fine but here i'm going to teach you this specific way because this is how i teach and now he's like oh now i understand why we did it this why? way exactly Let's, and then learning from different instructors there's things that i've learned that are just like small touching points that i'm like oh i never thought of it that way or oh i why would i do it this way when i've been doing this way the whole my whole life and then I, well i don't like the way they're doing it so i come out with my own opinion but I'm also learning everything I want to learn. So to, to piggyback on John a little bit, right? What you were talking about, and in, in, uh, I get quite a few grownups that'll come to me and, and they're taking the CHL, right, for here in Texas. And we'll go through some basics and I'll let them play around with some firearms or whatever. And they, they always ask for a recommendation. Now I can send them to somebody that teaches the CHL, 
that is just a dude in the Pizza Hut side room that does the four hours, goes out to the range, he teaches the curriculum, they shoot, he signs off on it, and they're done, oh, right? But I don't. I say, I say, there's, I tell them I'm honest with them. I say, there's a lot of people that can teach you the Texas CHL that can do that. Here's the one I recommend and why. And it's, it's a buddy I've got, and he, man, he does a full spectrum of training. And I've taken some stuff actually with him, but he does a full spectrum of training, including the um, the Guardian and the Marshall program for the schools here in Texas. Oh, nice. He's like accredited even for that. So long range, you know, all all types of, of stuff. And I say he's the best one to go to. And here's why. Because he's going to incorporate things that you're not going to get elsewhere, first of all. And that will open your mind to potential other trainings that he does that you might be interested in taking and pursuing those avenues, right? So it's like I, I'm not discouraging anybody, and I never tell anybody to just go and get it done just to get it done. I'd rather them go to somebody that I know is doing it right. Yep. And Absolutely. unfortunately, there's a lot. I don't know about other states, but unfortunately here in Texas, there's some people that are basically they're just signing off on this stuff. And I don't like that. Yeah, it was the same thing in Ohio. When I was teaching CCW for or CHL for Ohio, I'd teach the class and go, hey, if you're interested in this, uh, we have more advanced classes you can take. And I get maybe 1%. Who'd yep. want to? Most of them are just there to get the paper signed off on and do their thing. That's it. That's it. Uh, a couple things. Um, I think it was John that was bringing up. I, I'm a, I, I love CQB. I love doing so. You're talking about vehicle stuff. Um, a class that I would recommend for someone, um, especially if you're kind of new to the training sphere of everything, um, if you're going to you know, be in your car and, and, and you're going to carry everything in your car or you have a truck gun, um, I would go take some vehicle defense training because if you've never experienced shooting from a car or into a car or whatever, uh, you're not going to quite, especially shooting from inside a car outwards if someone's trying to. Now, if you're looking at the side windows, you're going to be fine. But people don't understand how angles and all of that with a, a curved windshield and how thick some of those windshields are going to affect the, the, the projectile plus it's just fun as hell to shoot some glass out of car uh, but people also you, you you don't understand there's only about Kyle help me out on this there's only about three or four points on a vehicle that are actually gonna save you from like a car door is not gonna stop a bullet uh, you're talking engine block you're talking between the driver in the in the back seat that that basically the safety bar that holds up the that's a good spot he can be there there's only a handful of places that are on a car that you should only ever try to get cover behind because everything else is not going to stop a bullet but you don't know that unless you go through that training you know um and then another thing is also um someone brought up low light um if you're going to carry and you're going to carry a gun with a light. I, I don't particularly like lights on my carry guns. But if you're going to, even if it's a self-defense gun and you're going to have a light on it and you think, well, worst case scenario, I have this light and you've never really worked with a light, um, go get some low light training because I think you'd be surprised at how in, in a low light situation, how 
how do you put this? How you're not going to use your weapons mounted light very often. You shouldn't because your eyes are going to naturally have that natural night vision. And yes, you want to have a light to identify. But if you're flash, if you got that light on the whole time, one, your night vision's gone. You've taken that advantage away from yourself. And two, you're giving up your position. But if you've never really worked with weapons mounted lights and you plan on carrying either a handgun or AR or whatever with a weapon mounted light, I suggest go get some instruction on how to utilize that light the proper way. Um, that's just me. Um, kind of go through the room. We got a few minutes here. What's up, Chase? How you doing, buddy? I know you're. Uh, you've had a long day, homie. Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it after. But me and American Airlines are seeing eye to eye right now. I would imagine. I would imagine. Uh, Kyle, we're not. We're not doing the closing yet. We still got some time. I, what I want to do is, if you could suggest a training class or an instruction, like one that you think that everyone should get do you have that kind of class that you suggest that it's like the one that you would send everybody to uh the uh i, I guess paris island would be mine <laughs> like that okay that's, that's fair that's where i learned to shoot guns was the yeah right. i mean uh, yeah. i i, I wouldn't say paris island. i'd say probably san diego but i understand uh, what you're saying uh, you don't don't go to Paris Island with those peasants. Come out to the West Coast and hang out with us. And don't go to Paris because all they're going to teach you to do is wave a white flag. So this is true. No, this no is sense true. in that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I was not expecting that, but join the Marine Corps. That that's that's that might be the greatest firearm training experience you'll ever have for sure. That's a great that's a great one. Actually. That's a great opportunity, and I'm not very familiar with all these training courses out there. Just to be honest, I understand. With you. I understand. Uh, Ginger, is there a training course that you take in that you would suggest to people if they haven't taken one, this is the one you got to go to? Or maybe even an instructor, maybe not a type of class, but is there an instructor out there that you think, man, if you've got the go see them? I have an instructor and I have a kind of a class, but it, it, there's a class. If you're going to be carrying, I would definitely take a basic holster drawing class just so you learn the fundamentals of that. Um, I'd like to shout out my buddy, Fred Masterson for people who are in the industry, you know, Fred, Fred's a great guy. Fred does a Kyle, You need to go to his class up there in Ham He'll be in Hamilton for his vehicle tactics. You should go check him out there. Hamilton. That'd be awesome. That'd be so, cool. um, Fred does a vehicle class tactics class. He does a CQB class, a kind of defensive carry class where, you know, if someone, he teaches you, pressure points and things like that, which yeah. may sound weird, but if you're reaching and someone's trying to grab your stuff, you gotta, it's, yeah. it's things like that. So Fred is Force Options USA. Go check him out. Highly recommend him. He starts Here, off. Put the link out there while you're talking. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Force Options USA. He starts you off like you know nothing. So I love going to his class because I go in there, fresh start, like I knew nothing. Even though I've, I've taken so many classes from him, I know how to draw a gun. But he starts off with the fundamentals, and then we work our way out. So it's not—it's an advanced class, but it's also a basic class at the same time. So you're going yeah. from the fundamentals all the way up. So I highly recommend taking Fred's class. He's got that. The long-range class I took from him was great if you want that. It is a haul. It is in Idaho, but it is such a beautiful drive and such a beautiful range. So that's, that's my shout-out for Fred. Love the guy. 
known him for years. He's probably one of the best instructors. Very good people. Very good people. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, Clover, is yeah. there a class or maybe an instructor yeah. that you would like to? I mean, I know you're kind of in Kyle's boat where, you know, so not necessarily yeah. into that, but. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, you know, I've taken some. I've had to take in quite a few. And in, 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 in the guise of instruction, which is what you said earlier, right? Like I even am an instructor. So, um, but the the best one I took, and granted, it's you got to take this with the right person. There are people that go the extra mile with their training, and there are people that they just they have a little curriculum and they go by that and that's all they do right um so first i would say seek out get some feedback from other people uh when you're looking at an instructor um is that somebody that goes that extra mile they get into nuance they get into adjacent things right they're not just there for the few hours to collect a, a paycheck um and with that range safety officer training that i took i, I think so absolutely phenomenal it incorporated not just medical related stuff like things that you need in your med bag how to do that how to control the scene in, in a medical emergency environment that sort of stuff which already had some of that with volunteer fire department for years previous but also like watching people situational awareness type thing mm -hmm. right like what are little tales that this person is about to do this or that was incorporated into that class it wasn't just range design and range is hot range is cold and goofy where targets go and crap like that uh, and a lot of people may think that range safety officer like that's what it's about if you go to somebody that's good it's going to incorporate a lot of different elements that even if you don't even if you're never an active rso on a range you're going to be a lot safer and a lot comfortable on pretty much any range you walk onto. I love that is something that I wish more people be more advocates about is uh, remember you're everyone's an RSO. If you're at a range, everyone's yep. an RSO. Safety is everybody's responsibility. Learn how to be an actual RSO and, and yep. take that responsibility. But remember, yeah, if you're by yourself on the range, you're an RSO to yourself. You know, um, it is what it is. I, I, I that's a great. You, you don't hear people when you talk about training classes. You don't you don't hear people talking about RSO class. I think that's fantastic. Wow, Clover, you impressed me tonight. What the hell? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Um. Chase, any any classes or instructors that you'd like to mention that you think that people would should look into? I mean, I'm not going to call out specific instructors because there's a ton of good ones out there. Yeah. Just my advice is vet who you're going with. You know, don't just grab the first dude on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, whatever website that says he's the greatest thing ever. But beyond yeah. that, I would say... Like what John was saying, a good basic like handgun fundamentals class because 99% of people who are going to carry a firearm are going to carry a handgun. Beyond that, I would say a vehicle ops. Yep. If you're going to carry something that puts holes in things, you bleeding out of holes of things. 
that's what I was going to say. Stop the bleed. And yep. based on first aid, I would say everyone in the world, much less if you're going to have a firearm, uh, needs to stop the bleed. Because here's the thing. Even people that are not wanting to carry a handgun, if you're in that active shooter situation or self-defense, you can yeah. still be a Well, if you're in a car wreck or something or a scene sure. of an accident, whatever. Absolutely. You visibility. Yep. Stop the bleed. Absolutely. A, a trauma class, uh, a basic first aid, CPR, all of those are incredible. And, and here's the thing about those. You can get almost all the time those for free. Most hospitals or EMT stations or anything like that, they give monthly classes out for free. They uh, want people to learn those skills. The, the RSO training I went to included... Mm -hmm. And this guy has a lot of instructors in his group, right? Um, yeah. But it included CPR and uh, first accredited CPR and first aid training, or yeah, outdoor. They called it outdoor first aid training. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That yeah. is great. It included that in the class. So yeah, yeah. I wish I wish more people would do that. Um, absolutely. Yeah. For for me, I, I think that. Um, I'm not going to go anyone. I will say that uh, we lost whether or not people like him publicly or not. Uh, we lost one of the greatest instructors ever um, recently uh, and James Yeager. And I was fortunate to go train with James and actually, you know, uh, I'd call him a friend. Um, I'm glad I got to see him. Um, Range Day was that last year uh, when he was there. Little did I know that I was going to be the last time I saw him. Uh, but we lost James. Uh, you can say what you want to about James, and I've said a lot. I still, I, I'm still to a point where, um, you know, a lot of the shenanigans and all that stuff he did on YouTube. But I'll tell you what, um, I respected him as a trainer because he took it very seriously. Uh, one thing that I will say. Um, and all the great ones, you know, the, the, the Costas, the, the Jaegers of the world, uh, all these guys that are, are world-renowned as firearms instructors, they all have one thing in common. And this is talking, I don't remember who it was talking about it, and they said, you know, make sure that you're kind of filtering who you're going to. Don't just find the first Yahoo on Facebook or whatever. Um, I tell people all the time, if you're serious about taking some instructional classes, find out who that instructor goes and takes training from. If they don't go and train with someone else and they think that uh, they're, they don't need any more, run from that person. Immediately, run. They should be going to take classes from someone and always looking to improve their skills and their knowledge base. If they don't, run. Run for the hills and meet it. Go ahead, Clove. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you're talking about there are, there's so many, you know, Twitch Chase said about good instructors out there. I yeah. think, and I don't know, you know, you was down there as well with me, but Charlie has got to be one of my, the most underrated, I think, instructors that are out there. And maybe I just feel that way. Maybe he's not because his pedigree is legit. His pedigree <laughs> is a Navy SEAL sniper was Chris Kyle, the American Snipers instructor in sniper school, um, 
has had the world record at over five. Was it five over? Well, over five thousand yards of a shot, um, and all that. But yes, you're right. Uh, I think when you're talking, if you would have learned long range, he can teach it all. He can teach close quarter combat. He can he can teach handgun. Um, he can teach obviously the long range. Uh, we got to witness him teaching some guys with long range. And what I, you're right, Clover. What I loved about the way Charlie did it is he never assumed that you knew what he was talking about. Yep. Like he never tried to use terminology that a beginner may not understand. Um, yep. And if he did this, he's like, here's what I mean by that. He was incredibly patient. Um, yep. Incredibly patient. And it made uh, it easy. He made it yeah. so easy from the lodging to the meals to the travel yeah. to the. It's all just, right there. And by the way, so if you ever had a chance for him to eat his food, 500%. it's worth it's it's worth the price of admission just for yep. him to cook for you. He Clover could he not be a world class chef if he wanted to? Oh, I, I guarantee think, you. Yeah, oh, it's unbelievable. You. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, no, Charlie's a great one. Uh, Tonto, he's Tonto does a lot of good stuff with active shooter training. Um, and that's a, that's a kind of a cool thing. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's so, there are, there are so many great instructors out there, but I would say if you, if you don't know these, the five of us in, in this room are very lucky to know a lot of these instructors personally. So we can by experience say, I would trust sending anyone to X, Y, Z person. We know them. They're going to be great. You know, I don't, hey, go take a long range class up in Clint. You know, go go see go see Thunder Ranch before it sells off. Or I don't even it's Clint. I don't even think Clint's teaching anymore, really. But I mean, we, we we know these guys. But for someone who doesn't know anyone, and you're looking to find an instructor, find out who they go train with. Find out do they go train? Do they go take classes themselves? I think for me, that's an important, important thing. How long have they been doing it? What is their pedigree? Right. And right. then um, get feedback. Get feedback from other people. And even if you even if you contact them, if you contacted an instructor, and you said, "Hey, do you have any you know alumni that I could potentially talk with?" and they're not willing to pass your information on to people, it, at the right. very least, now I get them giving you somebody's number. I understand that. But if they don't say, "Yeah, you know," Uh, I'll pass your number on to some people and they'll call you, you know, or Hey, here's or a Facebook group of alumni. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Go, go check this out. You know, you can find some people here or there or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be careful with that for sure. Um, yeah. Yep. I, I think, I think to a certain extent, anyone, whether you're an instructor or not, everyone, if you're going to be in the firearm first. world, you need to always continue to look to improve your skills, improve your knowledge, however you want to do that. You know, well, it's like I said, I, I know people like to, to teach the CHL here in Texas. Once upon a time, you pretty much had to be a uh, retired military or retired law enforcement officer. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing, but there was that requirement. Right. And the school, to be honest, it used to be a whole week in Austin. I think they've cut that down now, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, which, because that that lessens the quality of the instructor, in my opinion. But there are people that will go and get 
an NRA certification or something like that. And here's the thing. If you have somebody out there and they go and get an NRA, let's just say NRA basic handgun instructor certification, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say they get that from a crappy instructor that just signs off on some junk, right? And they haven't even done a course. Maybe they've done two or three. Like, is that somebody that you really want to go to at least your first time out? Let me give everyone out there that might be new to this world, um, and I didn't want to go down the training rabbit hole, but I, I love talking about it. But for the people that are new to the training world, the instruction world, and this is not a knock on them, but this is the reality. Most instructors that are out there, the first thing they're going to lead with is, I'm an NRA certified instructor. It doesn't mean shit. I'll be honest with you. Depending um, on you took it wrong. Maybe that's, you that's got that wrong. Yeah. But don't that's just say, oh, he's NRA certified. He must be. Mm, mm -hmm. Not so much. Do some more digging. If the only thing on their bio is NRA certified instructor, I'd probably run for the hills as well. That's just me. Yeah. Um, without finding out any information, you know, all that. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. I would say. Um, Reach out to me, to me, any of the guys on this panel. I'm sure that anyone would be willing and willing out there if you have a question on classes or whatever. Um, reach out. I'll, I'll send you in the right direction, and I'll give you a few names to go look at and, and all of that. Um, and close, or, right? Yeah. Like like if there's yeah. anybody in, yeah. in Texas or in eastern Texas looking yeah. for somebody in eastern Texas. Like yep. I know we don't have to. You talk big names, sure. But there's, I know two. I know two or three that are solid as can be, and they're yeah. not Clint's or Jaegers or whoever. Absolutely, right? but yeah. they're solid, and you don't got to travel that far if you live. In and, 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 and the only reason why they're not the Clint's and Jaegers of the world is maybe because they haven't gotten to that point yet. People don't know about them. They might be better than Jaeger. It's more so they more haven't so put. Yet. It's more so they haven't put time into that those aspects of social media. That's to right. blow them up that way. Let's be honest. Like, so, Jager didn't do YouTube. Brought, up, brought the Godfather. I had to oh mention. Oh my God! Mr. Ayub is the is the Godfather of instruction. Uh, just listening to his soft, sexy, deep voice would be enough for me. Just saying. <laughs> Masad is the OG. Masad to me um, is probably, the Godfather. And probably not that way if you're training with him. I don't oh, know. Probably I, not. Unfortunately, never, never trained with him. Have but one of the funniest dudes ever if you're just sitting around having a conversation. Holy crap. Yeah. He's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Especially just, with that voice and that dry. Because you look at him, yeah. and if, you, if you've ever seen a picture of him, you would never expect that voice to come from Masad Ayu. You know? Right. Right. Um, and he's right. so menacing. Like everybody knows Masad Ayu. And. And the the first time you have a chance to actually just sit down and shoot the bull with him while you're smoking, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's amazing because okay, nothing like I thought you were going to be he's you know? like, he's got this persona, like Zeus sitting on top of Olympus. Right. Right. But then you sit down and have a smoke. He's just another dude that, you know, doing his thing. You know, it was and, like when we were, we were talking with Jerry like, yeah. uh, a couple yeah. years ago for 45 minutes. You're like, that's that's like the greatest shooter of all time. And we sat there for an hour talking, and we were talking about revolvers he had when he was nine. You know, yeah. I mean, this was and reloading and stuff. He's just yeah. a Louisiana boy, man. Louisiana, basically, the, a, a, 
yeah, it's what it is. Um, I had fun with this. this. Is a fun. I know that um, you know the training thing kind of got there for a little half last half hour, but I could go. I have. A, I could have a, a month long discussion on training. I just enjoy it. But uh, thanks for doing that, Kyle. I want to give you a few minutes and, and, and talk uh, Anderson. Uh, maybe we kind of, talked about the Syracuse project, but I know there's a lot of things going on. I know you are just crazy right now. Uh, I, want, I want you to give as much time as, as you talk about what you guys are going on and what, what may be coming down the line. Yeah, I'm not going to drag it out too long. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, just definitely go check out the Sandstorm. Might be your cup of tea. Uh, and, again, it's a Syracuse set. Um, we the people just dropped their Kiger holster, so go check out We the People. If you got them. a Kiger, thank God check. somebody did with all the questions. That I <laughs> Every yeah. time there's a new gun, it's like, the holster is like 99% of the questions you get. It's annoying. <laughs> yep. So, We the People's got you covered if you got a Kiger. Uh, other than that, hey, just, just keep an eye out because we got some big things coming down the pipes uh, within the next couple weeks. So, Hey, and don't forget, hashtag Pony Express. I'm typing it right now, actually. That's what I was doing <laughs> while you were talking. We, we've got to have the uh, double barrel, <laughs> double hammer, a double trigger, three-and-a-half-inch chamber, 12-gauge coach shotgun, the uh, the Pony Express. Hey, this time next year, it'll probably be a thing. Let's, let's just be honest. I, I, I hope so, um, for all of our sakes. I think that you guys would make a ton of money selling them, and there would be a ton of people that would be just more than happy to have I need, I need first shot. Well, no, I'll give Ginger first shot at, at serial number 0001. <laughs> That's but, right. But That's I right. need at least need 0002, just saying. Yeah, we'll definitely I mean, have to. I, I think Kyle might get 002, bro. I'm just saying. Well, Okay. I'll let, I'll I need a single around. digit. I at least need a single digit serial number. Just saying. Just saying. I want 007. Oh, that's a good Okay. One. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Uh, we'll have yeah. to do a Clover Tax hair code on it. Oh, God. Don't do that. That'd don't be nasty. That. It would be nasty. Like in it a bad would be movie. very nasty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, Kyle G23 says, can the Kyger use a Glock 19 holster? Yes, it can. Glock 19 Gen 3 holster, correct? Yeah. Or any in, or any Glock 19 holster. The Gen 3. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, yeah, you got a lot of things coming down the line. Uh, looking forward to a lot of it. Uh, and I know you guys are busy. I know that you guys are really having a, a, a great year. And, uh, man, I'm really happy uh, for that. But, yeah, check out AndersonManufacturing.com for sure. Uh, I want to bring Chase in. I know that he just came in. He just landed, and he's been busy. Uh, but I do want to give you a few minutes. Uh, you guys, speaking of having a busy year as well, uh, crazy busy at EAA. So what you got going on there? Uh, hot yoga might be behind you there, John. Just saying. There you go. Oh, that was quick. Yeah, it was. He does not want the hot yoga jokes tonight. I can't imagine why. No, no I wonder why. <laughs> uh, I know you guys have been busy. You've got the the the, the high power came out last year. The uh, announced the the witness twenty three eleven and the MC fourteen T the tip up barrel crazy going on. Uh, 
what are maybe some updates on everything that's going on right now? I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. It's not that crazy of a year. We're yeah, doing- yeah, you're right. You guys have just had a, a very slow year. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we're doing, we're cranking out, you know, high powers are in full rate production. We're cranking out a bunch of special makeups now for some different distributors. A lot of that going on. 14T is shipping. It's doing real well right now. We actually just shipped, just shipped the first of the black with the gold accents. Just shipped the first of the gold guns. So, you know, the gold members out there floating around now. Actually shipped a small batch of this sangria. So really? Are, yeah, the colors are floating around. All the standard stuff, black, dark earth, two-tone, that's all out. So there's a there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Yeah, we, that's um, awesome. I've got a... I've got something new and cool, but I can't talk about it till later. There's even like an NDA and everything on this. Wow. Come really? on, Chase. You can't. I know. I know. It's well, a, well, Omar still works for you. Y'all are screwed. <laughs> it'll, it'll, get, it'll get leaked early, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's freaking amazing. I'm waiting for that to get out, you know. He, but. he didn't even know what an NDA was, so <laughs> no. there you go. I had to explain it, it but I'm not going to explain how I explained it on the air. I'll, we'll talk about that later. Sounds, uh, good. Sounds good. You know, 2311s, everything's a go on those. All the little headaches are finally out of the way, so it's probably... Get, that's nice, nice to hear. Yep, so end of the summer. that really screw up some, some things if they get involved, can't they? Man, between the government, multiple agencies, and then trying to get stuff shipped overseas to produce it, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I'm awesome. gonna go see our friends next week, so that'll be. I can ask them and this I can talk to dude. them face to face and ask them stupid. He's questions. gonna be in DC with the boys next week, so he's gonna, he's gonna have himself a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, have the, I'm gonna wear my Waco Memorial barbecue shirt. See how they like and, it, and make sure you leave your dog at home. Leave your dog at home. Oh, that was yeah. one of the first questions, like in this forum we're in to go to it. <laughs> Can we bring There's a guy, I won't name what company he works for, but no service dogs. he's like, so I have a service dog. Like, in all seriousness, is it going to be okay? What was the I answer? I was like, you are my hero. They're like, oh, yeah, we're service animal friendly. The venue is. Oh, like, he's like, that's not what I'm talking about. Right. Oh, my God. That is great. Is he going to be okay? <laughs> Will he survive? Will he make the return flight home? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. But yeah, so I get to see our, I get to see several agencies all together. It's gonna be a good time. Yay! This thing's big. You got ATF, Department of State, like all that's together. It's good. It's real fun. Yeah, I gonna be there. No, this is all like for imports, exports. Imports. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That's even worse. Well, it gets real fun because. You know, you've got all these different industries get together. Like all the defense industry stuff has to go to it too, because uh, like take SpaceX for example, they launch a rocket. Well, a rocket is considered a space a, launch a, vehicle, and it's a munition. It's a munition. It's on the munitions list. It's actually technically an NFA because it's larger than a it's it's a firearm basically that's larger than fifty cal. There's all kinds of silliness that goes into this stuff. Yeah, it's that's insane. 
We'll talk after the show's over for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, Ginger, who you plugging tonight, big boy? Oh, I, Kyle said Standstorm, so I've just been rocking out in my head for the last 10 minutes. No kidding, bro. Like, that's like, man, like, everyone knows Sandstorm, right? Like, everyone, whether you know it or not, you know Sandstorm, you know? Uh, but, yeah. Who are you plugging tonight? You got anything uh, so, going like, on? Like usual, uh, Southeastern Guide Dogs, I am plugging them again. Uh, nonprofit organization out of uh, Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, doing the God's God's work on getting dogs to our service vets who need them. Uh, so there is an event coming up, and I'm looking at it. I had it written down, and now I lost it. It's second event, right, this year? This is it's the second. Last month earlier this or last month, wasn't it? Yeah, it was last yeah, month. Yeah, it was last month. So the second event is, hold please, it's going to be July 15th in Medina, Ohio. Again, there's going to be that's going to be at Havana's Choice Cigar in Medina, Ohio, July fifteenth. With more information to come, and that is to support. So last event we raised enough money to support a dog. So we're going to hopefully raise enough money again to get another dog sponsored, so that another person can get that. This isn't cheap, guys. It's it's about twenty five thousand dollars to sponsor one of these dogs between yeah. training and food and everything. So, yeah. So just if you can go to Southeastern Guide Dogs, uh, go check them out. Go donate there. Do everything you can if you want to go to the event. If you're in Ohio, or want to make the truck out to Medina, Ohio, which if you do, it's great on you because there's really not much in Medina, Ohio, but. It's Great a, golf course there. Oh yeah, there's. It's. I think this one's not too far from Firestone. Oh yeah. So, yeah, this event is going to be not too far from Firestone. So go go check it out. You know, it's great time. You get to meet Bobby Newman from Jason Newman Cigars, and there's a ton of giveaways, a ton of auction items, free cigars, you name it. If there is a fee to get in, and that's all to support these guys. So go check that out. Um, and as always, since Clover stole my thunder, hashtag. Pony Express 2024 is our grassroots marketing campaign to get Anderson to make a double barrel coach gun. You're a daisy if you don't. Just saying. I changed the theory. See, I did that. All right. All right, bitch. It's your turn. Uh, are you planning on doing anything? If you are, like, where can people find you? Yeah, well, that's good. But first of all, this was kind of cool. You know, we went from polls to range talk training yeah like it was almost like a ghost and clover podcast it was and it was almost as fluid as a ghost and clover uh which yeah. i don't like yeah. i don't like this being fluid but it was actually it was actually like three separate segments and it was good and if people cool. missed the one sunday night it was That's pretty best. off the chain it's the best one yet, I think. It was my. I was gonna say this. I don't know if it's the best one yet. That's up to the person who's listening. Uh, it, it was my favorite one so far. Yeah, yeah. It was some pretty good topics. There was a lot of uh, participation from the live chat. It, yeah. it was jumping. So go check that out first if you uh, if you haven't already. Uh, yeah, I dropped a Father's Day gift idea video earlier. So you did. We got what about two weeks roughly or. Little under two weeks, uh, two weeks from yesterday. Yeah. Two yeah. Weeks yesterday. 
So, uh, completely. This Tuesday, two's from Sunday. Yeah, uh, 10 things under 20 bucks. So, uh, if you haven't, uh, picked out something for daddy o there, uh, get on, do some, uh, the idea list is down in the description below. So, jump in there, pick up something less than 20 bucks. I guarantee you, any of those 10, if he is a firearm owner, he will be happy with them. I can almost assure you. Uh, real quick, I'm going to let Kyle uh, uh, acknowledge this if he wants to. DPM out there says, Kyger is supposed to be an improved Glock, but all dimensions are almost identical. Dimensions have nothing to do with being improved. Um, the dimensions are the dimensions. What's improved are probably uh, the materials, how it's put together, different things like that. Uh, do you want to? I'm going to give you a couple of minutes with the floor to address DPM if you want about the Kyger. Um, I mean, if it is fully compatible with Glock 19 Gen 3 aftermarket components and parts. So, I mean, <clears throat> but I can't speak too much on this for legal reasons, but um, it, it, it's an awesome compact handgun there. Compact handgun that uh, <laughs> hits Glock 19 holsters. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. I do want to add on to that too. The Kyger 9C Pro does not because of suppressor height sights. Oh, yeah, sure. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah. Uh, for us, like I said, um, got got some cool stuff coming down the line. Been actually been like doing some recording and getting out to the range and doing some cool stuff. Um, so it's been nice to get back to the range a couple different times. I'm not gonna lie, I, I missed it. It's it's been a long spring, early summer, but uh, looking forward to that. Got some stuff coming out um, the next couple of weeks that are gonna be amazing. Uh, be on the lookout, um, get some really cool stuff coming down in a couple of weeks. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, as far as the Ghost and Clover podcast, go check that out if you want to listen to it. Uh, you can go to Clover's or my uh, podcast feeds or you can go over to the ghost and clover youtube channel and, and watch it there uh, i suggest doing that because um you'll get to see how awesome the chat the side chat was during the show and you can kind of keep True. up with that yeah um, so it was really 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 a fun fun chat we'll be coming back uh two weeks from this previous sunday so we do it every other sunday at, at eight central uh, that is brought to you by EAA. Um, so uh, go check that out. And, and topic and the random topic portion is brought to you by Taurus. Um, the cool thing about it is if you show up live and you just say something, anything in the chat throughout the chat, uh, you might get chosen for the third segment. You get the the, the someone in the in the crowd will actually get to randomly pick the last topic. It's always been fun. Had a great one this week. HVS had bushcraft, which kind of like was awesome, but I wasn't expecting it. It was great. Right. EAA, European American Army. You've heard of Gerson. Um, EAA is the importer of Gerson. Everyone's heard of Gerson. So if DPM, if you're looking for EAACorp.com, uh, go check out all the amazing stuff that uh, Chase is with EAA. Kyle is with Anderson. EAA. Um, so we got a couple industry guys in here that are awesome that 
or they're friends of mine, but uh, they go check out both their company, AndersonManufacturing.com and EAACorp.com as well. So go check them. IFG now? I don't, no, uh-uh. No, EAA has been around forever. No. EAA used to import Tanfoglio. Foglio, yep. Yeah, and IFG does now, so that's the confusion he's having. So he yeah, probably he probably assumes that the Tanfoglio, yeah. So it's a little, yeah. The IFG models are a different frame than what we did. Yep, yep. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not the same. Yeah. Correct. Two and a half damn hours. Holy shit. Did we really go for two and a half? Okay. All right. Um, thanks, guys, for watching. We have landed safely. So uh, on behalf of the Ghost Tactical Airlines, we'd like to be the first ones to welcome you to hell. Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you to our stewardesses. for uh, Thank you for John for taking care of the food service. Kyle for just looking pretty, taking care of all of that. The drink services, food services. Um, Chase. He probably doesn't want to see another plane for a while. And Clover was my co-pilot, so Roger that, Roger that. I'll say, I'll say to everybody, uh, what happens on YouTube stays on YouTube. This, Have a good weekend. That's true. That's right. All right, boys and girls, we'll see you next week. Semper Fi. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like this one and want to check out some of our other podcasts, we invite you to check out the Jarhead podcast, the Ghost and Clover podcast, and the Speed Limit 155 podcast. We also like to invite you to check out our YouTube channel, Ghost Tactical. If you're into the firearm world and the lifestyle of the, of the firearm community, go check that out. And obviously, go check out our website, ghosttactical.us, to check out all of our projects, our swag, our stores and our discount codes. Once again, thanks for always supporting the podcast, and we'll see you soon. Simplify.